again, and welcome to the Mana Pool. This is, does it even matter what episode number it is anymore? It's something. It's like two. It's two ninety two. Well, we're Don't coming. We're coming up on um, the big old three o o point o o o one. You think we'll do anything special, or you think we'll do like we did for 250 and go, oh, right, it's this one, damn it. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, I don't we'll, know. maybe we'll think of something. Let's hope so. Or not, you know, whichever. There's you know something I've how... done in a while. Two nines for two. How do you make a two nine for two? <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> Delve? Um, a lot of Oh, cashes. man, what about... uh? Thinking Elvish Warrior and um, Slagworm Armor. Sla- that's the, yeah... There you go. That's good. I like that. <laughs> and it's thematic because, you know, there are elves on Mirrodin slash new Phyrexia. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. So we're brought to you, as always, by CardShark.com, a better way to buy and sell collectible card games. <laughs> so Brian just completely messed up my whole head with that. Uh, right. I am Chewy, the lead dork here. And with me, as always, are some other dorks. Dorks, what are your names again? I'm Brian. I'm the one that messes up everybody's train of thought because I tend to interrupt just because I have so many thoughts they are spilling out all at once. It's a terrible scene. Somebody call a cop. There's thoughts everywhere. Wait, don't call a cop. I'm a lawyer. Wait, do call a cop because I am a lawyer. Don't say anything to the cops. <laughs> uh, I'm Mike. I'm the rules guy and the game lord guy, and I would probably say something to the cops. And I'm Dirk, the self-proclaimed greenest man alive in Moral Compass Group, and I found that as long as you're just nice to the cop and uh, just, you know, be respectful, usually a bribe of a donut works. Tell that to some of my clients. <laughs> that is not respectful. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, seem to yeah. have this tasty pastry here, <laughs> if you let me off. <laughs> I'll be sure to tell my clients that are charged with felonies that next time all they need to do is just whip out the donut. Uh, uh, Maybe you should word it like speaking. that. <laughs> yeah. Here comes airplane. Uh, so you you guys doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing okay. Um, yeah. Robot work and underpaid except for today because I had to do this. No, oh, we appreciate it. Yeah, and so do the listeners. I clocked out at 7.30 last night. That's what I said. Like out of work or, you know, like out of consciousness? No, like out of work. And then I came home and posted Manipool and Monday Night Magic and a couple other shows. And then I said, meh, and went to bed. I did see that the new Manipool was up because people were already commenting about our first ever host-to-host EDH commander challenge Thing. thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we'll come up with a nothing, better name. No, nothing. That. Nothing gets dorks invested in something like when it's Batman versus the Avengers, or or Marvel versus DC, or anything like that. Okay, so if I win, then you have to send me a picture of you in a magic card bikini. Oh no, no, we're not. No, no, because I, I think I could be disbarred for that. So, oh, thank uh, goodness. Yeah, let's not do that then. No, we'll co- tell you what. I didn't even think about that. We'll come up with something interesting, you know. Uh, but we'll, we'll get, give me a minute. Give us, give us a little bit, and we'll come up with something interesting. Uh, who decides who wins? Uh, maybe our guest host or something. I don't know. Uh, you have to find somebody <laughs> for that. So anyway, anyway, anyway. 
So there's there's all that, and you guys are all right. How are the kids? Kids good? Kids are good. Sam's a little too. Uh, <laughs> she sounds like she's Dang scratching it. at the wall like a little rodent. I'm not, <laughs> that's uh, that's me actually. Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, cut it out. I just painted that wall. Hopefully, I'll be able to have you guys over soon because we're uh, taking final bids from companies for painting. Not not painting. I've been doing all that for carpeting. So as soon as the carpeting's done, I'll be able to finally get all the stuff put away. And when I do that, maybe I can have people over. So that'd be great. Whoa. You can, Chewy hasn't even seen my new house yet. No. So at this point, you're not allowed to come over until it's done. Gosh darn it. I'm probably not allowed even then, but, you know, I'll, I'll sneak you. I'll sneak, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll sneak you in the back. I appreciate that. Uh, Mike, how's the beard? Um, trimmed it up yesterday. Ooh. Also got a haircut. Sexy. Doing pretty good. Okay then. So enough Is of this small talk or, nonsense. More or less, uh, more or less wolf-like. More. Usually, less. when it's trimmed, it becomes less. Well, it I'd like to figure. Yeah. I'd like to figure out the trick to trim it to make it more. That'd be pretty cool. I'm, I, I'm sure it can be done. Hmm. Uh, what okay, were we saying about? Those? What were we saying about enough nonsense? Yeah, enough of this nonsense. That doesn't apply. We will. Enough of this specific nonsense. Okay. It's time for other nonsense It's now. time for a completely different nonsensical flavor. We've got uh, Theros Intropax. Quick aside. Quick aside. We just had, you know, the, enough of that nonsense. Time for some of Brian's nonsense. So, you know, I sat down a while ago and figured out when previews were going to start. FYI, previews were going to start this week. How did I figure that out? Because what they've been doing for the last couple of years, three weeks of previews and then a week off with everybody getting the full spoiler. Personally, I preferred it, just a little rant, I preferred it back when uh, you didn't get the full spoiler necessarily before the pre-release and you went in still not having seen the whole set. Um, the pre-release, as far as, you know, yes, you get Planeswalker points for it, but it's not exactly a really competitive event. So I kind of miss a little bit of that. Oh, I don't even know. That's part of why it's a pre-release. So went into, I got up on Monday and I checked all my other sites and read all my other web comics like Penny Arcade, et cetera, got all those out of the way. And I went to the magic page and they're like, Hey, it's another day, nothing special. And I'm like, huh, blah, blah. So as, cl- as far as I can figure out, maybe what this means is they won't have that week off. I don't know. Nobody's come out and said anything. Or they're waiting. <coughs> oh, gosh, it's They're me. probably waiting for PAX Prime, which is <laughs> this weekend, because they have that the, the big party that they always have. Mm-hmm. But it's still going to mean that it's af- after that, it's only going to be three weeks until the pre-release. So we'll yeah. see how they they may just do two weeks, which would suck. You remember I said for, it. That, that would be pretty bad. Um, you remember when for a period of time they gave the full reveal on the Wednesday before the pre-release? Yeah, yeah, I do so, remember. So that there were a few days of everyone knowing the whole set at least before they got into it. Maybe they're doing that. Maybe it'll be up on Wednesday or Thursday. Maybe. But I bet it, uh, the, the reason for this is either they decide to change the schedule or it's to accommodate packs. Because it's a big draw for them, and they get to have the party and all that sort of stuff. So or they're gonna shotgun them all in two weeks and still take a week off. <laughs> Which case, I would be pissed. But because then we'd have two and a half but, hour episodes. But then, uh, 
you know, then I'll, 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 I'll when I say I'll be pissed, I'll still be like, oh, these cards are so awesome anyway. Oh, yeah, I'm angry about something. Oh, these cards are so awesome. So, anyway, that's my that's my little side. <laughs> 25 minutes later. <laughs> okay, so, there's going to be uh, three days of previews, and then everyone's going to get the full set, and they're going to take two weeks off. Is that what I'm hearing? I hate you so much. <laughs> Correct. <Okay. laughs> Next week is a short week, though, because of Labor Day, Labor Day in the United States. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to start them on Monday. Sometimes they do reruns on Monday, and sometimes they do pre-prepared stuff. I don't know. Mm. Wait a minute. I just thought of something. What? Cheese yeah. is awesome. It, I know. But what else did you think of? Damn it. Completely <laughs> distract. Um, Labor Day. What was right before Labor What did you say right before Labor Day? Damn it. Did oh. Yeah, what I just thought of is, you guys remember the time we got, like, three days of previews, and then the whole set came out. I mean, we didn't talk about it because it's us, oh, but then yeah. Wizards released it anyway. They were like, well, damn, here, here's the whole thing. That was that was new Phyrexia, and it's because the set was spoiled already thanks to things that people were banned yep. for. Yep. Yep. Someone gave something to a buddy who they really shouldn't have trusted. <laughs> Yeah. What a jackass. Yep. Dang it all, y'all. Oh. So. But anyway, yes, it's the intro packs, which are, these are all monocolor, do we know? Yeah, there's, there's one for each, well, um, is there anything on the packaging that would indicate, we don't, there, there's one rare of each color. We don't really have any, anything specifically saying each one is monocolor, mm-hmm. but there are five cards, they're all rare, and they are all... There's one of each color. Yeah. So that's what we're going to focus on, because these show off some new... What's the word? Mechanics. Mechanics. And that's pretty awesome. Yep. And, as a special treat to you listeners, uh, Dirk has not read these before, right, Dirk? Nope. So you get to, to take this in. So <laughs> why don't you read Celestial Archon to the us and yourself? Out loud. <laughs> okay. Celestial Archon for three and two white. It's a rare enchantment creature Archon. Enchantment creature Archon. Okay. It's rare for, that's a four four. It's like enchantment creature. We've seen so. one of those before that, what, a three three flyer or something? Yeah. 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 I think I mentioned that when I, I was like, oh, they're going to do that. And somebody poo pooed it. And I was like, just you wait. Future sight, right? There was a loose and limited. Limited. Yeah, yeah it was future sight. So that, that was me saying no, and I guess you were right. Yep. All right. So Iron five, Mike thirty. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go ahead. So it's a four four. Uh, it has flying and first strike. Enchanted creature gets plus four plus four and has flying and first strike. Wow. And has bestow um, for five and two white. If you can't cast this card from no, your no, read it oh, carefully. Oh, if you if you cast this card from for its bestowed cost, it's an aura spell with an enchant with enchant creature. It becomes a creature again if it isn't attached to a creature. That's seriously weird. So basically, it's they they have to do some interesting things with the way that it's worded to make it work. But if you break it down to it, when you cast it, you either cast it four five as a creature, and it's a four four flying first strike. That's it. Or 
if you've got something out, if you pay the bestow cost instead, which is five and two white, it's not in addition to the casting cost. That's the alternate cost. Five and two white, it instead comes in as an aura on that creature. And the enchanted creature will get plus four, plus four, and flying in first strike. And honestly, the first time I read this, I started to read bestow. I'm like, oh, I know how this works. And that's pretty much just where I stopped. It wasn't until I was reading some comments in the thread for on on the main magic site about this that I kept going like, why is everyone comparing this to angelic destiny? It's not like, you know, something happens to it. But no, it becomes a creature again if it's not attached to a creature, which means I play that on my guy. My guy gets doom bladed sometime later and the Archon's like, okay, I guess I'm going to be a creature now. So you're left with that so four four flying first strike guy. Wow. So that means that you really can just put him on as an enchantment, put him on some guy, go aggro with him. And if you lose him, then, oh, well, I end up with a four four flying first strike. I kept think I kept thinking, why is the bestow cost higher than the converted mana cost? Because the way I was reading it, I was like, wow, that why would you ever do that? Oh, oh, okay, all right, Mike, this is gonna be the question. I've yes. got out, I've got out a, um, I I don't know, let's, you I've got out, do. I've got out a guy, a two-two hulking goblin, and yes. I cast celestial archon for its bestow cost targeting the hulking goblin because that's going to make it awesome and then it's like giving it it's like jumping it um and uh while that while the celestial archon is in the stat on the stack someone else shocks my hulking goblin what happens well um when aura spells are on the stack they have a target and just like any other spell with a target if it's about to start resolving but all of its targets are um missing or otherwise illegal somehow, then the spell gets countered by the rules. Now, apparently, uh, I read somewhere, someone retweeted or something, Aaron Forsyth mm-hmm. tweeted that that does not happen and you get a creature instead. But I don't know if that's true. That is completely not correct. That is completely incorrect. Unless they're making some it. sort of loophole for this. Unless there's but. some other weird words in the full rules text for bestow that's not reflected here, that's not what happens. Which you'd think it'd be covered in the uh, reminder text, although this reminder text is plenty long as it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I guess for right now, we have to work under the assumption that if you kill the creature, before this actually resolves, it goes away. Until we actually hear... Otherwise, and maybe someone listening to this can point us in the right direction. If, like Chewie said, that was said by Aaron Forsyth or someone else in R&D. And I'm sure this is going to come up only a million times before the pre-release, so we'll have a definitive answer from someone. Matt Tabak responded to a tweet that says, If you cast it as an aura and target is made illegal in response, the spell will still resolve as a creature. And Matt Tabak is the boss. That's impossible. There's something... And wait a minute, wait a minute. Aaron Forsyth's follow-up tweet says, The lesson on bestow cards not being countered if their targets become illegal is don't assign too much weight to reminder text. Like, he said that. Oh, okay. Well, like I said, exactly, there must be something yeah. else written in the full rules for bestow that's not reflected here. Okay, so now we actually... so th- And th- this is from the horse's mouth, right? Yeah, so and he says... 
it's uh, it's MTG Aaron, M-T-G-A-A-R-O-N, for anyone that doesn't follow him, why not? Uh, it's a, he then goes on to say, bestow cards cast as ours will resolve as creatures if their targets become illegal. May not be obvious, but true slash awesome. I would like to see um, why. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I know, right? Because that makes no sense. And I think it's almost setting a bad precedent because we've got other auras like that aura we covered last time, the the red one that puts plus one plus one counters on something, that you might see these two back to back and say, okay, if that's happening for this, it will also happen for this, unless they're changing something fundamental about the rules. But he said specifically for bestow creatures. So you might say, okay, well then, neener, neener, although, you know. At least you would think on on a fundamental level. Well, there's nowhere for that to go. But yeah, I I am I am concerned that um that if Bestow has this and and because Bestow acts acts in this odd way, it's going to be emphasized a lot. So that means people are going to get the wrong impression that any aura, if you cast it and its target is illegal, would actually enter the battlefield for a second and then die. But that right. isn't what happens. Yeah, so maybe we'll find out a little more about that going forward. So there was but, a uh, a discussion oh, here. I hope they're not going to change the rules for ours. That'd be weird. Yeah, that would be awful. There's a discussion here. It wouldn't from be awful. It'd just be weird. Arthur Halavays, who is a, a judge, would be awful. Who who tweeted it air and he says, "Poll among players makes me believe that bestow was changed in development, like suspend, because of player expectations." Remember, they added that uh, creatures that come in from suspend have, have haste, haste. Yeah, because people just kept playing it like they did. Yeah. So they they added that. Yeah, I remember and, that. And uh, for Scythe responds with, "It's a long, complicated story, but the goal was to always have it be fizzle proof, and we tried a variety of options for that." So. Hmm. This is this is all stuff that's good to know. Because hmm, knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. Winners don't use drugs. And losers don't win nothing. <laughs> that's the name. So, okay. I'm really glad that you brought that up, uh, B, because... Well, well so I, I could bring that up. There we go. You can tell we're spending a lot of time on this first preview because, hey, look, it's a new keyword. So And it's completely bass-ackwards. It's... Uh, it makes my head hurt. It's kind of awesome. You've got it gives you choices. Now, of course, again, and the the trick is going to be what's the right choice? Because in limited, you're going to be like, all right, I can get to five and have my guy, or if I hold on to it for a bit longer, I'll have a super guy that still becomes a guy, and you might make the wrong choice. Yeah, don't fall into the kicker trap as always. Yep, I feel like that should be like on a, a warning label, like on cigarettes. You know, warning: casting this call, casting this card, or for its overpriced cost, may be hazardous to your health. <laughs> Not that it's overpriced, but you know what I mean. You may feel bad, man, in the near future. Oh, feels bad, man. I would also like so, to point out that one. it's so bizarre and backwards that the Archon is riding an ox instead of a lion. That does seem a little. Yeah, Archons but... ever since they brought them in have been riding <laughs> lions, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Been flying lines. But hey, I mean, it's, it's Greece and and one. Oh, of that's the, true. Ox were big in Greece. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> so what do we, what do we think of the card? The lions of the Ionian Isles. Huh? What do we think of what? <laughs> so what, what do we think of the Celestial Archon? Uh, as awesome. a, as a spell, it's pretty sweet. I mean, four four flying first strike, four five 
on its own is going to dominate the air. Take that, uh, Singer Vampire and, you know, basically everything except for Baneslayer Angel and Dragons. And yeah, then. Like it eats a Sarah Angel and spits it out and giggles. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and then, of course, if you put it on something else, you're, it's gonna be at least a 4-5. Uh, <laughs> something else with flying and first strike that turns into something else. So, you may find weird little combos with like sacrifice outlets to go put this on a guy, sacrifice the, un- the, the guy that's enchanted for some sort of effect, and still have a body. So you you've got all sorts of applications here. So again, it's good. It's it, it gives you choices. But I mean, plus, they plus, they, plus, even plus combo, they even combo with wrath effects. Yeah, which are a lot of times they're white. Like, I really like how like stuff like uh, Voice of Resurgence and Thrag Tusk and Doom Traveler are really big right now. And this bestow ability turns any creature into a that you know replaces yeah. itself essentially. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. So. Yeah, enchanted creature becomes strike tusk. That's pretty good. It seems good. <laughs> oh well. So now we have uh, a shipbreaker. Yeah, th- this card feels very Mike to me. I don't know why. Maybe because uh, quest for Ula's temple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's a kraken. Yeah. Um, okay, this is interesting because it ties into something I thought out loud about last time. Okay, so shipbreaker kraken. Costs two blue and four for a six six rare kraken, and for two blue and six he has monstrosity four. So that means so now we know monstrosity is a numbered ability that isn't necessarily tied to the cost to pay it. So his monstrosity four means if you pay that cost, if he isn't monstrous, put four plus and plus one counters on it, and he and he becomes monstrous. So then his other ability, when Shipbreaker Kraken becomes monstrous, tap up to four target creatures. Those creatures don't untap during their controller's untap steps for as long as you control Shipbreaker Kraken. That's, that's annoying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shall we break it down? It's a 6-6 six, six for 6. And I want to talk about the casting cost on monstrosity creatures in just a minute because there's another one in this list. But it's a 6-6 six, six for 6, which is already... Not terrible in blue, which is not a very creaturific yeah. color. Ten years ago, the just the front side of this would have cost what eight or nine. Well, t- ten years ago, it would have had Island Home. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it would have had Island well, Home. No, that, that would have been that would have been fifteen years ago. Ten years ago, we're talking about onslaught block. Okay, ten years ago, it couldn't attack if you're a pun controlled an island. It would be a cephalid. Uh, so it's a six-six for. For six already, I mean that's great. And then you pay the monstrosity cost in a couple turns. You might not have, be able to play another land each turn, but you're gonna get there. It's not too much further, and it becomes a ten ten. And it that's, essentially says pacify four guys with pacify four guys. And again, kind of like the la the la some of the other reactions I've had. I'm reading it and I start reading that last thing and I'm like, oh. It's Frost Titan. Yeah, that's no, how it, I read it. I was like, oh, they just don't untap next turn. That's pretty good. No. Because there's four. <laughs> four. And I'm like, okay, certainly that has – and then I keep reading, and I'm like, all right. It kind of reminds me more of the uh, the whale from M14 that exiles a guy for as long as it stays in play um, whenever you attack. Because that's basically, basically what you're doing outside of sacrifice effects or – 
or untap effects. That's basically what you're doing, except you get four. Oh, and by the way, you've got a 10-10. And as we pointed out last time, monstrosity costs can be played at, can be paid at any time. End of your turn. Make this thing monstrous. Or declare combat. No, I'm just gonna grab those four guys with my monstrous kraken. Yep. Can save your butt. That's of course if you've got eight mana to burn, then you know you 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 might not be too but unfriendly. <laughs> I don't know what I was gonna say. <laughs> Things are probably going your way. Now the game is over. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it's a closer. The, the one thing that a lot of these monsters have, and again, we'll get to that, is they pretty much put you in a position to just finish the game. Yeah. What you got, Dirk? Uh, I'm agreeing with all of you guys on this. What do you think that, about the art? I, I do like the art on this. The, it looks like there's like a, almost like a Leviathan's head, except he's got, <laughs> he's got crab pincers on the head. Yeah, like he's got crab. I mean, his head has crabs. I mean, his head is a crab. He's a crab. And he's on <laughs> this then, giant, like, sea serpent body with a crab mm-hmm. stuck on the end as a head. What kind of bizarre ass Voltron nonsense is this? <laughs> <laughs> I can see the crab now and I'll form the head. Clack, 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 clack. <laughs> you got stuck with that part of the Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> you got the truck, you got the jet, someone had crabs. Um, so somebody, Release the crab. No, wait, Kraken. Wait, oh, no, damn, damn it. it. Um, but I just, somebody, somebody I read somewhere was like, oh, that doesn't look like a traditional Kraken, but part of me kind of likes the whole, it, it's more of an innovative take on it. It's not necessarily the same Krakens we've seen everywhere else. And quite frankly, is it giant and, uh, and, you know, poop, poop inducing. It's very poop inducing. Yeah, so I, I like it. So, well, I think the the art does lend that how it it essentially locks down four things, where you've uh, normally would come in, you'd just be like, oh, there's a giant serpent, blah 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 blah. But then when you pay the monstrosity, all of a sudden it grows these little arms that do something. It break it breaks so your the, ship. And yeah, the, the and, picture and actually fits the the yeah. game text of the card. Yeah, dude, look at it. Bra- it breaks your ship. It grows really big, and those four guys are just kind of floating around in the water, going, "What do we do? What do we do?" Dude, look in the background. Did it grab it's like a breaking ship, a ship in the back? That's cool. Like it already took one ship, and it's like, I feel like more. This, this is some delicious ship right here. <laughs> Well, the the one thing I do like about well, and again, there will be more monstrosity stuff later on, and, and we've already covered it. But um, uh, the rise of the Eldrazi with the leveling system, mm-hmm. this is it like is, a, this is like a lower grade version of the leveling system, and I love the leveling. Well, system. I don't know. It's it's almost like a, a grown. It it's not a small cost that you're paying over and over again. It's just skip right to the end. Right. It's like. I'm an okay guy. You start. He's kind of mid level to begin with. He's already six six. Uh, these are all. These are all. You know, decent sized creatures. And then they're like, all right. You know what? It's time to just uh, eat my spinach and go. Let's go ultimate. to my Super Saiyan form. <laughs> I. Uh, the, the Kraken just kind of grows up, looks down, and says, "I quote, I'm getting too old for this ship." <laughs> Someone needs to be thrown off the ship. <laughs> Our ship. <laughs> 
Oh, shit, run. I shipped my pants. I hate the <laughs> commercial. Should, should we move on to the demon? Forgot to there say, was, there was on. one more thing oh, that I had wanted to say. Um, I remember last time I was thinking out loud about, we were talking about the memory problem inherent with trying to remember whether something is monstrous or not. I thought you were going to bring this up, yeah. Yeah, and and I was thinking aloud, you know, hopefully things that turn monstrous, something pretty memorable happens when they become monstrous, so it won't be easy to forget. Right. And with what we see on Shipbreaker Kraken, you're you're not going to forget when it turned monstrous. Yeah. Did th- did this turn monstrous already? Oh yeah, you got those four guys. <laughs> because they, now this thing not, is eating me. Doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I have nothing right. to fight it with. And my whole ship was wrecked. Smacking <laughs> my whole ship. Okay. Now <laughs> they're having as much fun with this as we are. <laughs> should we, uh, should, let, let's let's move on to the demon. So we're not do. Uh, we do have other things to talk about. Oh right. <laughs> for right. five for five cards, we're yeah. Hey Chewie, you like black cards? All right. So the abhorrent overlord. Abhorrent. Abhorrent. I don't know the, the proper way to say that. I'm gonna call him Abby. So Abby the overlord. For five black black is a six six demon, and he flies. Okay. And <laughs> tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> Does he have a nice car? Uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice a creature. So that's, that's terrible. That yeah. is kind of bad. Yeah. It's, it's like it's like a it's like a uh, Lord like of the a Pit, crappy but. Lord of the Pit. But he's got this really awesome enters the battlefield ability. So when Abby the Overlord enters the battlefield. Put a number of 1-1 black harpy creature tokens with flying onto the battlefield equal to your devotion to black. Now, your devotion to black is figured out in this way. Each black mana symbol in the mana costs of permanent you control counts toward your devotion to black. So, at the very least, he's a 6-6 for 7 that flies that brings two guys with him. So it's eight power and toughness. So it's eight power and toughness for seven. That's, that's pretty good. And, and that's if, like, you top deck it and everything else has just been killed, which, honestly, not that bad a situation. But wait, it gets yeah, better. When the worst-case scenario is really good, then, yeah, that's pretty awesome. And of all the colors to get devotion and we might see it in other colors we don't know right now this is the only card we've seen with devotion yeah. but of all the colors to have devotion i mean there's a reason why you always hear about this mono black deck and that mono black deck you might hear about like a big red deck and that's a thing that's a thing too but usually that's you know play out a bunch of guys and a lot of them die or whatever but big black with mono black it's usually things with a heavy commitment to black like phyrexian obliterator uh that just take over the game. So black likes its black mana symbols, requires a pretty heavy commitment, and this guy says, hey, you know, give me your devotion, give me your time and energy, and I'll turn it into harpies. What was the... Uh, there, there was a card that cost Necropotence in M14 that was like Fecundity, but just applied to you and made you lose life? Yeah. Um, something, something. Something, something dark side. Um, hey, that's three black right there. That, you know, if you then sack your little guys, cool. <laughs> that you get cards. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Combo with Blood Artist, except not in standard. Oh. What was the... Co- combo with Gnawing Zombie. Was it 
Cruel Pact, Grave Pact. Grave Pact was the one that's uh, anytime you sacrifice something, someone else has to do too. Anytime mm-hmm. you, a creature you control dies, each other player sacrifices a creature. And it costs, what, one and three black? <laughs> yep. Hmm. So if you're going to play some Heavy Devotion to Black, you want to play some uh, Corrupt, I guess? Is that the one that's going to be legal after rotation? Yes. Corrupt would be good. Damage equal to swamps. Yeah. It's it's funny that after like the the gold set, you know, where we have almost perfect mana, they're wanting you to play. They're they're pushing you slightly back towards uh, monocolor with this. With this, uh, with with taking the dual lands out of the core set. Yeah. Which, quite frankly, you know, for the last, I feel like for actually some time now, my, uh, multicolored. Spells, especially two color and three color decks, have been the standard. So, for me, it's almost refreshing to go back to, hey, if you really want to play all the colors or lots of colors, it's actually going to be harder. Yeah, so you're going to have to work at it. Yeah, you have to work effort. at it. <laughs> and with choices like this, to making giving you greater incentive to go monocolored. Uh, it provides a little more variety, especially, again, like Chewie said, just coming off of Return to Ravnica, you're going to see a split. And then, of course, you're going to see some cards, like some of the hybrid cards. If there is a red or white card with devotion to, you know, its color, Boros Reckoner is going to go, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me, I'm, hey, I'm here. Hey, hey. hey. <laughs> Are there any, uh I'm trying to think of the black hybrid mana. I'll figure it out. Don't, Night don't. Veil Spectre. Night Veil Spectre's a thing. Oh, well, let's keep going then. Sure. So, what this guy does is he brings friends to the party to give you things to sack, if nothing else, to his uh, other ability. So that's so that's nice. Or he just brings a big group of harpies to fly over with him and kill people, and that's awesome. I love that, I love that they're harpies. Yeah. Not just, <laughs> not just bats or spirits. They're harpies. That's awesome. That's that means we get a harpy token. Yeah, like, we do. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently this guy hung out with some of my ex-girlfriends. <laughs> Zing. I am so <laughs> tempted to say something that Carrie would laugh so hard about, and I'm not going to say it. Oh, okay. I don't mean Lex. She's not a harpy. She's a No, little... no, uh, something else. <laughs> okay, the listeners wouldn't get it, so. No, then never mind. The art is beautiful, of course. Of course. Of course. I do think it's kind of funny that the demon is wearing, like, some duds. I don't know exactly what you'd call what he's wearing, but he's—he's he's a. He looks fast. like he looks like a Pokemon that I've seen before, but I don't know the name. He's wearing some plate armor sort of thing. So show you my Pokemans. I, I like the, the the wings are really long and, and bat like, so that's kind of cool. That's what I that think, is in the foreground. It's the tip of his wing. That's cool. I, I think I think this thing in foil <laughs> is going to look fan freaking tastic, and the fact that nice. it comes in foil. In the intro pack, I might just stare at that packaging when it's in the store. Just like, do I want to buy it? No. But I'm just going to stare at it. <laughs> oh. So, I mentioned there was going to be another monstrosity creature. Are we, are we done with the demon? Sure. Okay. Yeah. In the red pack, we have the Ember Swallower. Alright, this is what I was talking about with this power and toughness thing among monsters. Remember, last week, we had Polkronos, who, for four mana, is a 5-5. Five, five. With the monstrosity. Now we have a Kraken that is a 6-6 six, six for 6 in blue. So the red one, it caught Ember Swallower for 2 and 2 red. 
is a four five. Cause red, that, cause yeah, cause that makes, I don't know, it's awesome. It's really good. I mean, just on, on itself, would you play this on turn yeah. four for a four five? Yes, indeedy. Uh, it's an elemental. It's rare like all these are. Uh, five and two red. Monstrosity three. So you pay seven and it becomes a seven eight. You like that ball as well? He did the math. <laughs> yeah, you can tell I was actually doing this. I didn't have it prepared ahead of time. Seven eight. Not as big as a ten ten, but still big enough once again to finish the game. And when Ember Swallower becomes monstrous, each player sacrifices three lands, which you're probably going to get the better deal out of that because you're more prepared for that. Yeah. So, and, and oh yeah, you've got a 7-8. So. Granted, his, his monstrous trigger doesn't have the same kind of board impact that Polychronos or the Kraken can have, but I think that's why he's, he's, a, he's so much bigger for the initial cost. Yeah, and he, com- he comes down sooner. Yeah. Uh, he comes down at the same time as Paul Kronos. He's not quite as big, but he's also not legendary or mythic. And yes, rarity does seem to, I mean, we all, might as well just all admit it. Rarity does matter for this sort of thing. It seems. Um, rarity only matters if you let it. But. Not for rarity that matters is how you use me. But whereas, like, <laughs> with the Kraken or even, or even Paul Kronos, yeah, Paul Kronos might wipe out a creature or two, but you really gotta put some serious mana into it. If you, if you get either of those monstrous and then you doomblade it or, or kill it somehow, it, you're, you're able to recover a little more quickly. This thing, once it becomes monstrous, even if you then kill it, you've all, the effect is permanent. Everybody's yeah. down three lands. Yeah, you're still so, kinda screwed. Yeah. You're down the three lands too. But again, if, if you're doing this, you probably should take that into account. <laughs> so, here's a hint. Use things like, I don't know, artifacts that make mana for fun and profit. So again, I, I, I like it. I, I think now that we've seen all of those, all three of these so far, uh, certainly there'll be other monstrous creatures, it really feels like the power and toughness on these four creatures that are meant to get bigger already feels borderline pushed. What do you guys think? I agree. They they really did push it. But, and this ties into something else that I really like so far about um, the, the design of monstrous creatures, is that they have these pushed big creatures with really cool abilities that don't lend themselves to reanimator strategies. So they can't just be randomly broken and run out there on the first or second turn. That's true, because if you reanimate this thing, you go turn one discard this for whatever effect, turn three or four, play your zombify effect, I mean, you get a 4-5, sure, uh, or a 6-6 six, six, or a 5-5 five, five or what have you, but at least so far, these monstrous monstrosity costs are 7 and 7 and, what, two X's in a green? Yeah, So X. Yeah, so they're not, you're not going to be able to just flip right around and go, oh, <laughs> somebody give me a hoe. Oh. oh, thank you. What? Hey. Okay. Art's awesome. Looks cool. It's an elemental that looks almost like a scorpion manticore type thing. It's on fire. Yay. All right, one more. Hey, look, it's green. I guess they get mine then. Uh, it is Anthosa. 
How the hell do you say that? How the hell do you say the next word? <laughs> so, Anthousa... Satessin hero. Maybe? For three and two green. It's a legendary creature, human warrior. That's rare. It's a four or five. And it has heroic. When you cast a spell that targets Anthosa Satessin hero, up to three target lands you control, each become two two warrior creatures until end of turn. They're still lands. That's six power and toughness, ladies and gentlemen, spread among three bodies, which actually makes it harder to deal with if they've got any blockers. And, oh yeah, you've still got a four or five. That's cool. That's freaking sweet. Add on any sort of Gaia's Anthem or any universal creature pump, and it's just stupid good. Three. I would understand maybe if it was like two, but three. Well, granted, it also caught, you know, it usually takes lands to cast spells, but. Yeah, so you'll probably be tapped out by the time you're done casting something and attacking. But hey. Unless you're doing like a minor creature pump or something. I do like how heroic plays with bestow. I was just thinking that. Or any auras. Really? Any auras, but specifically even just the ones, since we think, or since enchantments are a big theme for this set, and we've just seen a mechanic that ties into creature, enchant creatures specifically, not just global enchantments, uh, and again, it gives you that versatility, then I'm really curious to see what other, uh, bestow creatures we get. Stupid previews not starting until next week, stupid. I quote, <laughs> and this is me, oh, these cards are so good, I want more, ah. So, I'm good. <laughs> um, we uh, mentioned amongst ourselves before we got started that some of the flavor articles are up. Last week they had the uh, Guide to Theros Part 1, which talked about the major deities. Uh, and then Part 2 today actually talked about the three major city-states in um, Theros. And the first one... Uh, which is Miletus, M-E-L-E-T-I-S, is ba- is kind of like Athens. It's very white-blue, it's very philosophical, and lots of magic. Magic is like an art there and things like that. Um, they have an army, but their army is known for outwitting people rather than just brute force. Um, then the next one, um, Akros, A-K-R-O-S, is Sparta. They are... A- Warriors, they pride themselves on war and their warriors. That's that is madness. Pretty much <laughs> what they do. They're very red. Their their uh, city is located in the mountains. So I mean, it's red and it's Sparta, and it's not madness. It's Sparta. You know, or uh, what's it called? The rulers of it are Annex and Semed. They're the king and queen. She was struck by lightning. And she still has perfect hair. So, yeah. That's how you know she's tough. Yeah. Um, And then the very last one, and the reason I bring all this up, is the last city-state is Setesna, which, granted, my Greek mythology and geography is very rusty. But off the top of my head, I didn't know of a direct parallel. It's basically, it's the green city-state. And it's very much in tune with nature and the seasons in particular. And it's got four temples, one for each 
season. Um, and don't tread on me, you know. So, and I, I brought this up because this is um, the green uh, citizen yeah. <laughs> hero trying to scroll down to it. It's not going fast enough. So, probably um, the reason you know the most about Athens and Sparta is because just uh, the the grand majority of of what we know about ancient Greece and the culture and society and history and everything like that. Uh, was written by Athenians. You know, records yeah. from other states either uh, were lost or just plain old don't exist. Yeah. So we know the most about Athens because, of course, the Athenians would write about themselves. And from the Athenians, we know the next most about Sparta because of all the direct conflicts they had with them. Everything else is kind of sketchy. You know, we yeah. learn more over the over the decades just from um, uh, archaeological research. Yeah. But what we got from the Athenian direct sources was was really thin. So most people just don't know pretty much anything about uh, Greece outside of Athens or Sparta. Okay. Um, just a quick note about this girl here. There is a, a note in – a rather lengthy note in the article about this girl. Uh, how do you pronounce her? What girl? An- I would say Anthusa. Anthusa. Oh, this, this one that, re- that animates lands. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, when she was a young warrior – uh, one of the gods, I think the god of storms, was pissed off at um, the guardian uh, god of Setessa. So he sent down a bowl of lightning. It struck the grave of a titan. The titan decided to try and kill her, and she killed the titan and cut off its head. Cool. I hate it when that happens. So she's she's not someone to... Take lightly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And again, as a card, yeah, that's a lot of damage really fast. If you can, if you get anywhere near the three lands. Cool. Cool. Boop. Cool. All right then. Yay. So let's take a break. Sound good? Sounds yes. good. Yeah. And our break music. So this is now September by the time you're hearing this. And September is going to be Hero Month for the break music in honor of, well, Theros, you know, heroes and stuff. So, this was Dirk's idea, if I remember correctly. I threw Uh, out of the suggestion, so. So that means it's your idea, Joker. That means blame Dirk if this gets stuck in your head and won't go away ever. For this week, or for this month. But it's uh, I Need a Hero by Bonnie Tyler, known for being in every movie ever, pretty much. And Gallagher. Ha! Oh my god! <laughs> Style! Anyway, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna break now, I'm gonna go watch some Gallagher, and then we'll be right back. Yay! <laughs> I am holding out for. Actually, I think the name of the song is is actually holding out for a hero. Oh, you might be right. Now that I think about it, but everyone knows what I mean, and it, it'll be right in the show notes because I'll actually look it up. So, 
I hope it's by Bonnie Tyler, and I'm not just misremembering that and sound like an idiot. <laughs> this is clearly Queen Latifah. I feel like, oh, well, damn. <laughs> Maybe I'll find Queen Latifah's cover. Yeah. <laughs> so what are we talking about? Who are you again? Right. So we're doing another old versus new in an attempt to uh, smack the naysayers in the face. That's, that's you know. two in a row. Ah, uh, no. We might actually, you know... Get halfway through before we this. Yeah. I was yeah, one of those naysayers, and I feel thoroughly face smacked. Oh, face! I, I was naysaying, and I, I'm probably still naysaying. Just as far as finishing up in 2013, <laughs> it's gonna pass faster than. I mean, in yeah. like 2015, we'll be like, so here's the last one that we forgot, and 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 there, and we're gonna finish it up, and Mark Rosewater is gonna be like. Time to return, to return, to Mirrodin. And we're going to be like, ha-ha. <laughs> and we'll do an old versus mid versus new with Mirrodin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there will still be no way to get rid of poison counters. Nope. Anyway, so, so, we are doing Is It this time. Are we? Is it? It is. Okay. It. Thing. Shut up. Okay. I think we just need to make that joke once and then just leave it alone. Yeah, that's not good. Because otherwise it's going to come up every card. So who so, leads Who leads the Niv? Who leads the Mizzet? Who leads the Niv Mizzet, the Fire Mind? I don't know. Who leads the Niv Mizzet? That was a good question. Stupid, stupid card being right in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually Nicol Bolas, so... Right, right. Forgot about that. Nicol Bolas with a funny mask. <laughs> <laughs> so, flavor-wise, Niv Mizzet oh is... Oh, my God. Can you eight. see Nickel Bolas with, like, a monocle and putting on a fake British accent? <laughs> I'm seeing him, like, hiding behind a building and, like, holding up a holding up a, a sock puppet of Niv Mizzet. He's still got the fake British yeah. accent, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> and somebody's coming around the building. He's like, it's you. And he's like, no, it's not. He's like, I can see your mouth moving. <laughs> oh, you can't? Like a big, floppy, dragon-sized leather sock puppet. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Niv-Mizzet is a giant dragon, and if you're going to pick a guild to join, the one that's being led by a giant dragon may sound appealing, but he's also crazy. You might consider him a genius, but he's like the wacky... He does. <laughs> he does, but he's kind of like the Doc Brown of geniuses. Uh, and his flux capacitor is a little off, if you ask me. Um, he's crazy. And if you don't believe so, just look at everyone in his guild, and you can't really tell me he's so much smarter than everybody else that he's immune to the crazy. <laughs> I think he's just a little more composed. Guilds? Where we're going, we don't need guilds. <laughs> Except for mine. Shut up. <laughs> so, in original Ravnica... He was Niv-Mizzet the Firemind. He cost two blue-blue, red-red, six mana. He was a 4-4 legendary dragon wizard. I forgot that he was a wizard, huh? And he has flying because he's a freaking dragon. And he has the following abilities. When you draw a card, Niv-Mizzet the Firemind pings target creature or player. So he shoots something for one every time you draw a card. And he can tap to draw you a card. Seems good. Yeah. Very combo-licious. Very combo-licious. The fact that there's Very no... popular uh, commander for yeah. red for that reason. The fact that there's no additional mana investment whatsoever with that is really key. Like free free burn 
when you're drawing cards, which is something you want to do anyway. It's not even like yeah. discard a, spe- a card to ping something. No, you, it's upside plus upside. Oh, you want to draw cards? Let's draw some cards. And I'm going to hurt things while you do. Man. So who's the new one? Oh, yeah. So who is the new one? I don't know. I haven't found him yet. Yeah. The new the new one is Niv Mizzet Draco Genius. Oh yeah. Yeah. I Best get the name I'm, ever. I get the feeling he gave himself that title. <laughs> so for the same mana cost, uh two blue, two red, and two, you get a five five legendary dragon wizard. With flying. With flying, hey. Um but his oh, that's my phone. Someone oh. else pick it up. Let me go check that. <laughs> I don't want to remember where he stopped. I was busy laughing at whenever so he's flying. Whenever Niv Mizzet, Draco Genius, deals damage to a player, you may draw a card. And pay a blue and pay a red. Niv Mizzet, Draco Genius, deals one damage to target creature or player. So it's kind of like it's almost the other half. It's like if you took these two dragons and you smooshed them together, the original one wants you to draw cards, and when you draw cards... He hurts things. And this guy says, hey, when I hurt things, or people specifically, you can draw cards. Uh, it's important he doesn't obviously let you draw cards off of pinging creatures, because that may even be a little too good, because that helps you kill, keep the, keep him on the board and kill everything else. It's only when you hurt players, but that's still pretty good. Yeah, pay four mana, kill that guy, draw two cards is maybe slightly too good. <laughs> yeah. The, it, it's hot. It's interesting. My gut says the original one is better because you play him and then every turn after that, you get to draw at least one card plus you're dealing damage. You draw the, you, you deal one damage off the card you draw for the turn, like during your turn. And then if you use them during your turn, there's an additional damage or you use it during someone else's turn. There's that one damage on its own. If one is all you need to do. Uh, plus, you know, you play spells that draw you more cards or effects that draw you more cards. So you can really spread it around without doing any more, without investing anything else. The second one, you actually have to invest the mana or, you know, hit them, like actually fly over and hit them, or you, or you ping them, uh, with the mana. So on its face, it would seem to be a little harder, but on its own without any other enablers, I think he's a little better. The second one's a little better. He's larger for the same cost, and if you can untap and all you've spent to play him is blue and red, you can ping at least two times, if not three times. So without anything else, I think the second one gets the nod. But if we're, if you're throwing in other enablers, then I think the first one gets the nod. It's really close. It really depends on what you value more. Because... Mm-hmm. I mean, he's essentially the same thing. Just one, you have to you have to kick one off that way, and you have to kick one off the other way. Yeah. Like if you get them both on the field, then it, it, silly things happen. That that's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna tap to draw a card, which deals the damage with the first one, and I'm gonna deal damage with and, and no, if you deal damage, work. if you yeah, well, uh, <laughs> just, uh, just based off if you if you but, tap but, the first one, you'll draw two cards and deal one damage. No. If no. you have both of them out, you draw a card off the first one, and it deals damage because you drew a card. The second one says, whenever... Oh, no, it's when he does only, it. Okay, yeah. What you whenever do the is, Draco Genius does What, what okay. you do is you activate the second one's ability, pinging a player, 
you then draw a card off of Niv-Mizzet Draco Genius, and then when you draw the card, the first one enables you to get in another damage. But they don't go they don't, infinite. Yeah, they don't actually feel Yeah, like I thought that was... But, yeah, it, was uh, it was because it was Niv-Mizzet... It, you have to be specific with the name of it. That was my my. But if you if you get them both out at the same time, then Draco Genius does say, pay one blue and one red, draw deal one damage to a player, draw two cards and deal one damage to a creature or player. That's what. No, you still just draw one card from him. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> this makes I my head hurt. This, time. this makes my head hurt. Yeah, you deal you deal one damage. And you draw to a player, and you draw a card, and then you can deal an additional damage to a creature or a player, right? Right? That, that right? <laughs> damage this doesn't even sound like a word thing. anymore. <laughs> damage, 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 damage. Do we do we assign either one as the better, or I think either one would eat you if you said it was inferior to anything? I my money is behind the second one simply because it is bigger for the same cost. And unlike the first one where you can only tap it to do all the crazy stuff, this one, assuming you played him the, the turn before, this next turn you have at least two damage that you can throw around and the ability to draw two cards. Minimum. And that's, you know, you can ping things, you can ping the player, you can ping a creature, and that's getting you card draw, whereas the previous one only if you get one damage and one card extra out of the deal. You only get extra cards out of the second one if you're pinging players. He can ping creatures if that's yeah. what you need to do. And that's, you know, a lot of times that is what you need to do. But you only draw cards when he pings players. There are a lot of things these cards don't say, but we seem to be able to see them all. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually. Notice I shut up, because every time I started to say something, I was wrong. <laughs> I was like, oh, but if you... Oh, wait, hang on. No, that doesn't work. I'll just let Brian keep talking. These two are... So, <laughs> it's probably doing this on purpose. The, these, yeah. Oh, you bastard dragony. <laughs> these cards may seem straightforward, but especially when you put the two of them together. Oh, man, the headaches. So... That's the guild leader who's like the second in command each time. Did we come up with a consensus for who wins? Not yet. I haven't been able to make a comment yet. Um, All right. Comment. Even even though, even though the first one can make so many of your other cards totally awesome and he has the most potential to just let things run wild, um, with the second one, you don't have to choose between doing his special stuff and attacking with a 5-5 dragon. And I just like, I, I just like playing that way better. You know, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, with the first one, it's do I want to draw a card, which is good and will still deal me a damage, deal a damage, or do I want to get four damage out of it and, you know, try and win this game? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the Draco Genius really lets you use the whole card all at the same time. Every part of the card, just as uh, the Native Americans intended. Exactly. Now, okay. are there any... Obviously, there's the two-card, oh-you-lose combo with uh, Curiosity mm-hmm. for Niv-Mizzet the Firemind. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any for Draco Genius, which is a plus in my book. <laughs> um, for some people, it's a plus, and for some people, it's a, oh, you know. Plus, I mean, in my book. Yeah. Because my fun is better than your fun. <laughs> Clearly. My fun is just going to go home now. What were you going to say, Mike? 
I'm not sure. I was trying to think of something that would make a combo. It would have to involve discarding cards to deal damage, but it couldn't involve any mana and blah, blah, blah. That's too hard. But it involved discarding cards for Niv-Mizzet to deal damage. Yeah. yeah. So. Which is hard to figure out how to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's entirely possible there's like a five-card combo in there somewhere. I mean, because I'm like, okay, so um, uh, Psionic Gift and Mind Over Matter. Mind Over Matter is cheating, so I don't know. <laughs> so Dang it, man. So, But who's your vote for? Your vote sounded like it was going toward the Draco genius. It is. Okay. It sounds like we all agree. Okay. Yes. So right. a point for the new. Yeah. So let's go to the... Other legendary Tabor, Tabor, Tabor and Lumia. 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 Derek, what's that do? Since you know them so well, <laughs> Tabor and Lumina, Lumia. Um, for two, a blue and a red legendary creature, human wizard, three threes. Whenever you play a blue spell, target creature gains flying until the turn. You play a red spell, deal. Uh, they do one damage to each creature without flying, and so. Like I said they they work in tandem with each other is the whole point of the Wonder Twin the group. Powers activate. Yeah. The whole point is give things flying and that way when you if or when you play a, a red spell, they don't get hit by the damage. Mm-hmm. Right. Or you play a uh a spell that's blo- both blue and red and you get the effect right then and there. You just give something flying, like them, mm-hmm. and then deal the damage. Just stack it in such a way that you don't kill your stuff. I have to say I always liked them, not because I thought they were really awesome, more just in the vein of, I guess, before I even admitted it to myself, I did like Is It, but it was kind of more of the, well, what blue and red legends are there versus a, wow, they really impressed me a lot. Just because... The effect they have can be strong, but it takes a long time to build it up. That one damage initially may not get a whole lot done. You, you, to make a real, real impact on the game, you kind of have to build up to something more significant. You get the, giving things flying and then flying over people's heads is pretty cool, but I don't know. They just never struck me as like really awesome. What do you guys think? I, I, I think they're pretty cool. I mean, most of the time, you're not going to get much more than than uh, two damage, but that's a whole lot in so many situations. I mean, that's a an earthquake pyroclasm. Yeah, I know there's something that does that without yeah, having two cards, but I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember what it is either. <laughs> so I mean, I like. It. Okay, maybe I. I mean, I don't. Th- again, I don't think they're bad. I guess it just didn't really excite me. You yeah, know? they're nothing fantabulous, but they're <laughs> they're nifty and useful. Dark, you've got a EDH deck with them, right? I do. For the most part, they're, I thought they would be a little more powerful than they, they were. They have lots of, they're in the EDH deck, which has lots of, you know, crazy sort of stuff that has, it's got in it. Um, but yeah, they're just flying. Here's some damage here and there. I, it is nice that if you've got, if someone is, has a lot of little creatures on the board, like, a uh, a white deck, what is it called? White weenie. White weenie deck. Then Tabor and Lumia can really clear them out. 
that's the one cool thing about them is that they they can pretty much clear out the little white weenie horde that's coming after you by just casting a couple of red spells. So as long as your stuff can can take the brunt. So they 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 do have their advantages. I thought they were going to be a lot stronger than they were in the deck. The deck I don't think has won, but it definitely adds a lot of flavor to the game whenever they get played. Whenever they show up, people sort of like eye me off in the distance like, I think we need to take care of him at some point. <laughs> so, the Maze Runner. I'll take this one uh, just because I have a new EDH deck with this guy that made Chewy Curse because he also wants to do a new <laughs> EDH deck with this guy and he, he said, you made my deck. Uh, it's Melek. Is it Paragon? For four and a blue and a red, he's a two-four. A two-four for six. Cause all creatures Bargain. are, yeah, all creatures are better these days, right? He's a weird wizard. He's literally a weird <laughs> that's a wizard. Play with the top card of your library revealed. Like future sight, but not future sight. You may cast the top card of your library if it's an instant or sorcery card. Like future sight, but not. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell from your library, copy it. You may choose new targets for the copy. That has nothing to do with future sight, but it's like a fork. Um, so you take all of it together, and basically, as long as the top card of your library is an instant or sorcery, you can play it, and if you play it from there, you get two copies. I like it. It fits into the theme of what the is it do so well, because they really like their instants and sorceries. And he likes that, and he gives you an advantage for playing a deck with lots of those. Um, I'm a little biased here because I've got an EDH deck that is all about him and has no extra turn spells. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to let somebody else say what they like or dislike about him. I mean, he's just really cool. I've always liked the future side effect. It's just awesome. Grand, you can't play everything. He really charges up the stuff that you can. I have to agree with Mike as far as I've always enjoyed one of my favorite cards from when I got started playing, and this is going to make some people groan, was Revelation, which... Dang it, man. Because I kind of like the whole, oh, now I know what everybody's got. Revelation for a green says all players play with their hands revealed. There's a blue one that costs a blue that does it for all your opponents. Huh? Telepathy. Telepathy, which is arguably much better because you still get to keep your secrets. But I always like the, hey, 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 now I know exactly what's coming. And so this, and like Mike said, future sight, you still see what's coming. Even if everybody else gets to see it too, you still get to see what's coming for you, and it helps you plan. And it gets you extra value because it's basically like those cards are in your hand. Yeah. One of those... One of my favorite future sight future sight type cards has got to be the Oracle of Moldaya, and part of the reason that I think that is because lands are free to cast. I shouldn't use mix my terminal. They're free to play, and it's built right in that you can play two a turn, so or more. So yeah, I mean, uh, Micro. I, I think it's fairly obvious which of these is more powerful. But then there. I don't, I don't know if I would say obvious, but well, that's true. You have to. You really have to build around 
both of them to get the most effect. Like, build around them hard. Mm-hmm. But, Melek, you have to build around harder. Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of that with this guild. Is There's going to be a lot of ones where the power curve is going to be a little less. A 2-4 for 6, for example. Uh, but if you really show commitment to it, it can be straight out bonkers. I'm, I might, as, for personal reasons, I really like Melek, but if we're just looking at power level, Tabor and Lumia comes down two turns earlier, is a 3-3, and can start damaging the rest of the board as soon as you've got the mana and a red spell. The blue half is good, too, just for the reason of, oh, look, here's this guy I want to get through, now it's got flying. But I do think just kind of like the first one we talked about, just by itself, each of these cards versus each other, I think Tabor and Lumi is a little better. And that, honestly, when we started this discussion, was not what I was expecting to be saying. But I think I'm going to have to come down that way. Hmm. Hmm. Malik rules. Malik for life. <laughs> yeah, I think that Malik is, he's really great at, at just smashing you in the face, but you have to have the cards available to you in order to play off the library so that you can get the effect. If not, then he's not really helping you all that much. He's a little lackluster when you're like, ah, it's a land. Oh, it's a land. Oh, it's a creature. Oh, it's an enchantment. Oh, it's a god. Oh, man. Oh, uh, shock. Bam. <laughs> but, you know. And now it's a land. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whereas Saborn Lumia, you can just throw it in a blue and red deck that has spells and still get the use. Because, like, we focused a lot on the, the red, but you can cast, like, Brainstorm and then make this brand new flyer fly over and punch someone in the face. Right. Yeah. And even if we're really taking other spells out of the equation, it's still a 3-3 versus a 2-4. Uh, both are good in the right circumstances, but... Wow, playing Brainstorm with Melek gets weird. <laughs> oh, don't make my head hurt. My head There's, is going to be... That's an interesting decision tree right there. Darn oh, you, God. is it? Darn you, is it? All the heck. <laughs> or Hades. But yeah. Oh, damn it, Mike. Now look, my brain is coming Mel- out. Melek can, Melek can get pretty cool, but, um, in, in the sense of just what, you know, measuring the power of a magic card in the traditional sense, uh, Tiborn Lumia is just a much stronger card. Yeah. So, everybody pretty much agrees on that? Well, no, I'm mm-hmm. still going with Melek because he's much more fun. He is more fun, don't get me wrong, and of the two, I prefer him, but yeah. uh, for the purposes of our discussion, if I'm going to be honest, but yeah, I'll just go It sounds with. like uh, yeah. the old has just evened it back up, hasn't, haven't they? Yep. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. Like I would probably end up putting Melek in a deck long before I ever do the same for Tabor and Lumia, but I have to say I do like Tabor and Lumia more. And you and know, that's they do, strange. They, they do go together really well. Hmm. Yeah. Play, play Tabor and Lumia, play Melek. Next turn, if you've got a red and blue instant on top of that library. Yeah. Now, although... You don't get double... You don't get du- double Tabor and Lumia. But Melek is also a 2-4, so he can take a couple little hits on the ground. Yeah, he'll live. 
Yay, Pillar Field Arts. Well, how about some Guild Mages? I like some Guild Mages. Who's the original one? Is it Guild Mage? I think so. Possibly. He's weird. He is. So, he is a, like all the Guild Mages from uh, Ravnica City of Guilds block, he is a 2-2 for two of his hybrid mana. So, two blue-red hybrids. Uh, he's a human wizard. And he has two abilities for two and a blue. Copy target instant spell you control with converted mana cost two or less. You may choose new targets. And for two and a red, you copy target sorcery spell you control with converted mana cost two or less. You may choose new targets. It is worth mentioning that he was part of an infinite combo with certain red mana sorceries. Um, Not It wasn't really a red mana sorcery. You were using... Um, Desperate Ritual to turn Lava Spike into a sorcery that made red mana. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So that was a, that was a big thing. And, um, but I don't know. You, 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 you oh, want to talk? Splice. Okay. Yeah, I'm splice. sitting here going, what in the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. You, you play the Lava at Lava Spike with a Desperate Ritual spliced onto it. And then, um, you you pay two in red before that actually resolves. You have to actually have the extra three mana and copy that spell. Resolve yeah. the copy, getting three red mana. Copy the original one again. You're dealing three damage to an opponent each time. You can see where this is going. Yeah. Uh, like I said before, this is very much a build-around-me guild, whereas some of the others we've seen, you just play creatures and they'll get there. These guys need a lot of help. So I guess with the guild mage, you just have to assume that you've got the spells because otherwise they're just both two twos. What's the new one do? The new one uh, is the Nivix guild mage. And like all the other guild mages in, in the Return of Ravnica block, he's a two two for uh, one of each of his guild's colors. So a two two for a blue and a red. He's a human wizard. His first ability is blue, red, one, draw a card, then discard a card. And his second ability uh, is blue, red, two. Copy target instant or sorcery spell you control. You may choose new targets for the cop for the copy. So, in that second ability, it costs one more, but he takes the previous guild mage's uh, two abilities, presses them together, makes it easier to actually use, <laughs> and there you have it. And he removes the the cost the, limitation too. Yeah. yeah. So when he presses them together, all the bad parts drip out. Ooh. Yeah, but he does. But it does cost more to do. Right. I mean, four mana when you're already playing a spell can be kind of tough. I I still think I like the new one better. Um, oh yeah, that's easy. Because <laughs> you've easy. always got you've got that versatility with that first ability when you just don't have something. Card mm-hmm. selection is a real thing. Um, and then. Um, the copying, yes, it's more, but like they say, any instant or sorcery doesn't have to cost two or less. You don't have to have the appropriate, well, I guess you have to have both colors up, but, um, it's either one. So, uh, I, I think you pretty much have to give it to the new one unless you've got a very good reason to go with the old one. Yeah. I mean, the new one, no, the old one is just, it's just too limited. That, Two or less, I understand why they did that, so, you know, stuff's not broken, but, eh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, already you can do crazy, wacky things with it. Imagine how broken it would be if it didn't have that restriction. Yeah, really? Yeah. I can tell you just without any hesitation at all, it would be a staple in every format it would be legal in. Hmm. So that was easy. So now we're back to new ahead, <laughs> two to one. Uh, the mechanics. The mechanics. The old mechanic was replicate. And the new mechanic is, um, what is the new one? Overload. 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 The, both of these mechanics are so linked to the spells that they have, that have them. Whereas, you know, salvage, you know, versus, versus dredge, they're just numbers. And the creature or card that has them, you know, yeah, you have some variations like with uh, Life from the Lum. Oh, it means a lot because it gets lands when you cast it and then it goes to the graveyard. But it is almost it is impossible to evaluate these without actually looking at the specific cards because they are literally meaningless without it. It's true. Yeah. Replicate is a, a card with a replicate cost has a an additional cost that when you cast that spell, you copy it for each time you paid the replicate cost, you can make, choose new targets for the copies. In every instance of replicate that we have, the replicate cost is equal to, or is the same as the original casting cost, including right. colors. And that's even true with the Jin Illuminus, or Illuminus Jin? Jin Illuminus. Illuminatus. Illuminas, which says, while it's on the battlefield, each instant and sorcery spell you cast has replicate. The replicate cost is equal to its mana cost. R&D came out at one point and said, I think, quite literally, that they were afraid of what replicate could do. So all the replicate cards cost more than they should. <laughs> and you... Are they any good? Uh... Giga Drows is crazy, and Giga Drows, in combination with a, a combo deck like Dragonstorm, literally said, I'm going to go off, at, uh, at the end of your turn, I cast Giga Drows, replicate targeting all of your lands, my combo's going off next turn, thank you very much. But that is, that's an enabler sort of thing, it didn't win the game on its own. But uh, yet, what was that one appropriately costed, or was that one aggressively costed? Yes. I mean, it was Twiddle. Yeah. No, Twiddle can also untap stuff. Sure. So it's so appropriately this is e- costed. This is even more limited than that. Yeah. Train of thought would be really cool if it wasn't a sorcery. Yes, I agree. Hmm. So train of thought was one in a blue draw a card with replicate. Yep. So that's it's pretty crazy. And and the rare with Replicate was Siege of Towers for one and a red. Replicate of one and a red, too. Target Mountain becomes a 3-1 creature. It's still land. Sorcery. So, hey, you wake up a mountain, and it's a 3-1. Yeah, that problem. doesn't say until end of turn, either. No. Which is pretty cool, because then you hopefully untap and attack with all your guys, but it is, you know, it's not without some danger, because they're 3-1s. I like the art. There's literally a guy just walking along a little bridge, and he looks over, and there's a palace that's just kind of like walking around, and he's like, what the... And he's dropping his staff, because it's coming for him. <laughs> oh, um, Shattering Spree is costed correctly. Shattering Spree is costed correctly. For one red... I think it's really good as you start to replicate it. 
for one red, destroy target artifact, and, you know, replicate of a red. Um, it's kind of like a shatter storm that doesn't hit your stuff. Yeah, it gets stupidly good as you continue to replicate it. So I shouldn't say they were all bad, but... Yeah. Again, but, I... So they, let's, they, let's they, run through all the replicate stuff. So there's Giga Drows, which is tap target permanent. There's Leap of Flame, which gives a creature plus one, plus oh, and flying in first strike until end of turn. Oh, first strike. I didn't notice that. Yeah. So that's that's that. Uh, Mimeofacture. The blue rare one. Yeah, the blue rare one, which you choose target permanent and opponent controls. So they have to have a permanent on the battlefield. Search that player's library for a card with the same name and put it into play under your control. So if you do that, you know, twice for eight mana, then you're you're pretty good. Yeah. Not really an all-star in EDH. I'll let you figure out why. Unless you really want the land. Unless you really want the land. Uh, the basic land, huh. mind you. There's Pyromatics, which uh, pings a creature or player for one and a red with Replicate. Rep- grape Shot, it is not. Yeah. There's Shattering Spree, which we talked about. Siege of Towers, which turns a mountain into a dude. Uh, there's a return target creature to its owner's hand, so bounce a creature for two and a blue, vacuum melt. There's then, Thunderheads, which Thunderheads. is the name, my new ba- the name of my new band. It is, yeah, it's, it's, uh, Paul Kranos Attorney at Law and the Thunderheads. But it's, uh, it's a weird one. It, for two and a blue, you get a 3-3 three, three blue weird creature token with flying and defender. And they get exiled at end of turn. So essentially it's like, insta-blocker! And that has replicate. So, in train of thought, draw a card, which we talked about. So, there's lots of effects, none of which are really huge. I guess maybe the uh, Mimeofacture could be huge, maybe. Yeah. It's the, it's one of the ones, the Raiders definitely have the, the greatest potential blowout. Yeah. Vacuum Melt, too, if it didn't cost so much. Yeah. yeah which if is, Vacuum Melt cost two, and Replicate cost a two, it would be completely stupid. If if Vacuum Melt had a cost of three and a replicate cost of two, then it'd probably be okay. Yeah. Yeah. In in terms of being, you know, not stupid. Yeah. And then limited it's still, you know, for six, you, you basically cast it for six, but Yeah. Yeah. But so like we said, there there are little effects, but little effects that you can do multiple times that yeah. in theory get a lot better. Mm-hmm. And so that's this, that's replicate. And this is this is why I said we had to evaluate it with the cards because on its own, you know, replicate can mean anything. Like, what, what if you have a uh, a brainstorm, take an extra turn, bra- brainstorm that costs three <laughs> but had a replicate of a blue? Yeah, that would be mm. pretty good. Mm. I was just thinking like a, a train of thought. If its base cost was just a single blue. But it right. kept the replicate cost of one and a blue. That'd be, right. a, that'd be a good spell. So, so when you monkey with the monkey around with the casting cost, it can it varies the power level power level of it greatly. So, but I think wizards kept it as is on purpose to yeah. make things simpler. Yeah, yeah. They they were they were just afraid that someone out there was going to catch something they didn't. And just mm-hmm. ruin everything if they didn't if they didn't rein it in before that happens. Yeah. Keep in keep in mind this guild pack was also the set where they printed Quicken for the first time and Quicken turned out to be okay. In fact, it was even in M14. But Mark Rosewater went on the record saying, "I'm waiting for someone to find the reason why we should not have printed Quicken." <laughs> he was literally waiting for that, and that was in the same set as this stuff. So, so now we've got. Overload, 
We don't replicate things. We just blow them up. Yeah. And the very first one alphabetically, to give you a sense of what it does, is Bluster Squall. And this is very similar to uh, another one on here that we just talked about. Giga Drows. Um, because for one blue, as an instant, tap target creature you don't control. Keep in mind, it's only a creature. It's not a permanent, so you can't tap down all their land. I think they learned their lesson there. Um, and then overload of three and a blue. What does overload mean? You may cast the spell for its overload cost. If you do, change its text by replacing all instances of target with each. So either for one blue, you tap target creature you don't control, or for three and a blue, tap each creature you don't control. Um, all of them were worded so that they would not... You, you get the beneficial effects, and your opponents get the negative effects. Right, right. There is no just straight up shock. <laughs> yeah, that would be bad. That's it called. Be, it that's be. called a, a, a that pyroclasm or yeah. point earthquake without the fly, whatever that's called. Damn it! <laughs> but anyway, so let's run through what because again, like Brian said, you have to be very specific with these yeah. cards because the yeah. overload cost could be anything. Yeah. So there's tap creature you don't control. There's tap uh, target creature you don't control gets minus two minus O oh, and attacks this turn of able. So that or all creatures you don't control get minus two minus O oh, and attack this that's, turn of able. That's chemistry's trick. Chemistry's yeah. trick. Yep. Counterflux yeah. counter target spell you don't control or all of them. That's pretty cool. Cyclonic rift, which is crazy. Whew. In multiplayer, it's nuts. Bounce target non-land permanent that you don't control. Or bounce each non-land permanent you don't control. Like, and you can you can read the As target an and then imagine the each, but it's so much more powerful if you say it. <laughs> yeah, and it's got overload of six and a blue, but it's an instant. Ugh. Downsize. Downsize. Give uh, something that's not yours minus four minus zero. Yep. So a shrink sort of effect. Uh, yeah. Or Dyna Charge. Give all of your guys plus two plus zero, or just a guy. Yep. So, again, some of these are very simple. Some of them are less so, like this next one. What's that one in between those two? Uh, dragon Shift. Um, make one of your dudes a uh, 4-4 dragon until end of turn. Oh. A, lot of these, the, a lot of these cluster together. You know what I said, yeah. too? And Electricery, electricery pings, uh, pings a creature you don't control. Four and that's, it's the one that tripped me out, because it, it costs one to ping a creature you don't control at instant speed. But it costs two to ping all the creatures you don't control at instant speed. That's pretty good. Whether they have flying or not. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. And oh. then we don't have any for a while. Yeah. Mizia Mortars, which if you yeah. don't know what Mizia Mortars is, then you're not playing competitive lately because yeah, really. it shows up everywhere. Four damage to a creature you don't control or four damage to each creature you don't control, which is very important when it doesn't target uh, Geist. Yep. Mizium Skin. One of your guys gets plus zero, plus one, and Hexproof until one turn. Or everyone does. That's crazy. Uh, street Spasm. X damage to target creature without flying, you don't control. Or <laughs> each creature without flying, you don't control. Scroll those creatures without flying. Screw him. And Tobor and Lemmy is like, except for that one, shut up. <laughs> There's a lot more things with Overload than there were with Replicate. You noticing that too? 
because there's also teleportal plus one plus oh and unblockable uh vandal blast which is like shattering spree except artifact you don't, don't control one or all and weapon surge plus one plus oh and first strike that's a lot and part of the reason is because um dragon's maze added a couple more yeah. but only a couple Whereas in the original Ravnica block, if it wasn't in that original uh, set that it was in, it was probably not showing up in Dissension. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so what do we think? <clears throat> this is so hard because you have to take all the replicate yeah. cards versus all the overload cards. Um, overload definitely solves the, the the one big problem that replicate had for me was that because of the costing, Sometimes it just wasn't worth it to cast the card even once when you're talking about a replicate card. You're just paying too much for whatever and you don't even want to play it. But yeah. none of the overload cards have that problem. Their, uh, their normal, their normal sized effects cost, you know, pretty much just what they Reasonable. Should. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and no more. And then their overload costs are. Yeah. The overload you know, costs can get kind of pricey, but it's, it's worth it. <laughs> It's a big effect. Just yeah. about every instance. So, I think I might have to give it myself to overload. Just mechanically, I, I get, each one has so much potential. For me, you cannot get away from what the cards actually do in this instance. And I think they did a better job with overload than they did with replicate as Mike, as Mike was leading toward. So, I just have to give it to overload. I don't, yeah. Yeah. Like it, it's, it scrolls, or what's not scrolls, it, uh. Scales. Scales up much better. Like for yeah. instance, if you have, I don't know, six creatures that your various opponents control that you want to tap down that cost you six mana with a Giga Drows, it only costs you four with a Bluster Squall. But then if there's two you want to tap down, it only costs you two with Giga Drows, but it still costs you four with Bluster Squall. Yeah. But. It really, to me, the only, uh, the only replicate cards who have sort of a counterpart in Overload cards that didn't get improved were Shattering Spree and Giga Drows. And Shattering Spree is almost... It's almost... <sighs> Shattering Spree is a good legacy card. We'll it's a very way. good legacy card, so it's hard <laughs> to do that. And Vandal Blast for four and red of destroy each artifact you don't control, still pretty good. Mm-hmm. So... It's not like either one is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. But, I don't know, I think it's it's all about scale for me, and because if you have a replicate card, you want to freaking just replicate the hell out of it, uh, and get the full value out of the card, but sometimes it's really hard to do. Like, oh, well, I got a vacuum melt, I'll, let's see, I'll, oh, I'll bounce two guys, oh. <laughs> yeah. Whereas yeah. sometimes as opposed with, to cyclonic rift, <laughs> like mwah, ha, ha, ha. yeah, cyclonic rift, you can bounce two guys. You could have bounced two guys and had one mana left over vacuum melt. Yeah, <laughs> hmm. but sometimes it's just the right thing to do to play a, a, an overload card for the without overload. Sometimes it's just all you need. So, yeah. and the overload, overload cards are pretty good at that. Yeah, yeah. I I personally think that. Replicate has some really great cards. They're, they, to, to get out what you want in Replicate, you've got to have a huge mana base. There yeah. are ones, like you guys said, uh, Shatter Spree and all that, but things like Siege of the Towers, you, 
if you're gonna if you want to have an army of mountains that's gonna come after your guy, you know, go after your opponents, you gotta have a lot of mana sitting out to do that. Not to mention you're turning your land into creatures. So, so yeah, and and that's making doesn't help you as much as as you would like. The it worked well with the previous like replicate worked well with uh, Tibor and Lumia because it allowed you to do more stuff with them. So that was what was neat about. Does it? You know, rep- no, yeah, the trigger's on casting, and you don't cast the copies. Oh, well, never mind then. <laughs> Thank you, Mike, for ruining my day. <laughs> so Overload then? Oh, but yeah, yeah. I would. I mean, Overload I think is the better one anyway because if you like Mizian Mortars for two, you you you're getting double the damage. You're getting two more damage out of it than you pay because typically for red. If you deal one more damage than the, the mana cost calls for, you're doing pretty good. This is doing two extra, so that's great. And then to have the ability for six to pretty much clear the field of your opponents, because this doesn't limit itself, it, it doesn't have it a doesn't drawback of, I will deal four damage to all creatures, it says, you don't control and for the and as far as I know, all of the overloads say things either you control that you want the benefit, or you don't control for dealing something bad to someone else. That's correct. Right. There is no drawback to to overload. The drawback, I mean, it's it's expensive, yes, but for the hope- effect, it's more expensive for replicate than it is for overload in the overload blah overload mm-hmm. in the long run. I don't always overload, but when I do, I enjoy it. <laughs> Stay thirsty, my friends. I am thirsty. All right. Um, so now just basically everything else that stands out to you about the guilds. Is Both it of- really never did terribly much for me. I always yeah. liked Jelectrode. Yeah, that was one of the few. Which, oh, yeah. which is funny to me because each each is it guild now has, for one, a blue and a red – a pinger. So on the in the old school, you've got Jelectrode. For one, a blue and a red, a zero one taps to ping a target creature or player. And whenever you play an instant or sorcery spell, you may untap Jelectrode. So you can actually get in some damage there. Now this we've thing got is the, sick if left unchecked. <laughs> yeah, yes. can do terrible things. Now we have the Is It Static Caster. The same cost. It is a zero three. I don't have it up in front of me, but uh, yeah, it's yeah. a zero three with flash and haste and pings not just a creature, but each other creature with the same name as that creature, but can't hit players. If you put them both in a room together, the static caster will murder the Electrode <laughs> and all his friends. <laughs> uh, Goblin test pilot will shoot himself and die. <laughs> We're not getting to Goblin Test Pilot. I mean, I think it's a great design as far as, you know, mechanically. It, it, it is exactly what a Goblin Test Pilot should do. And Mike oh, thinks, I agree. It's a great design. And Mike just hates the card. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. It's terrible. And I've, and I've never Damn played it, Mike. I was I, drinking when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I've never played one, and I probably never will play one. I just like that it exists. Um, I remember but, uh, one of my opponents had a pre-release played a Goblin Test Pilot, and it didn't take very long for him to regret it. Yeah, you told us the story a couple times, because it proved your point. 
And it's hilarious. Um, so, but I think I think the static caster between the flash and the haste, unless you the the Gelectrode is great because if you're reaching a stall, it can actually finish the opponent off. But the static caster is probably better most of the time. Was it was it Raul Zarek's deck in uh, the last duels game? No, oh, wait, Raul Zarek wasn't in it. Uh, was wasn't he? Yeah, Raul Zarek was in the last one. Was he? That's where he first no. appeared. As a, no, as that, a was, that was two ago. That was, oh. that was like not this year, not last year, but the year before. Yeah. Well, uh, Gelectrode and that um, Cinder guy have showed up a, a few times in duels. Yeah, I don't know, uh, listeners, if you've ever played duels and you've played against that blue-red deck that I'm talking about, whichever one it is in whichever game. There's always a blue-red deck. You kill the Gelectrode. (laughs) Because otherwise, he's going to untap, and he's going to say, ping you, shock you, ping you, shock you. Oh, look, you're dead. (laughs) Like, I was safe just a minute ago. Like, cast a couple creatures, kill your huge dude, go. (laughs) No wait. Um, it's it's Cascom. yeah. It's on instants or sorceries. Anyway, cast a couple spells. Yeah. dude. Go. Now, which guild old old is it versus new is it has an is it card pretending to be a gruel card? Which one has the better one? I should say. <laughs> I think that might have to go to the original Ravnica one because there isn't one in the new one. Hypervolt Grasp is somewhat notorious for having a gruel watermark. By accident, because it's not just even like a red card that should be associated with is it? It's a red card with a blue activated ability. <laughs> and a clearly is it guy in the artwork. Yeah. yeah. And notice how in when you when you searched but uh, filtering by a watermark, by it came up with is it? It came up in the is it? So that means this card has actually had its watermark errated. Yeah. <laughs> watermark errata. You you. This may be the only card with watermark errata. I'm pretty sure it is, unless they made a mistake in in, in um, Scars of Mirrodin block. <laughs> oh, you thought I was a Phyrexian, but I'm actually a Phyrexian. Okay, so I think moving a, on. I remember a lot of people thought Into the Core had the wrong watermark. Yeah, but it oh, really yeah. doesn't. Anyway, so moving on, back with the more old Ravnica stuff. We Dragonauts was the first one of these... Instant or sorcery spells, dude gets bigger that ever destroyed my face out of nowhere. It's such a staple. Out of nowhere. I was just sitting here chilling, and he's like, bounce your dude, cast this other spell, attack for a 17. I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like, I didn't even consider that he could have had two instants or sorceries. And and I took, so let's see, he had two weed dragonauts, so I took ten. Just just from them. He's like, and swing for ten. I'm like, wait, I'm how am I dead? I'm not dead. You're you're dead, son of a. And it doesn't care what color those spells are. They just have to be instants or sorceries. Just kicked the ship out of me. And now now we've got Nivix Cyclops, which for the same cost is a one four defender. And when you cast an instant or sorcery spell, it gets plus three plus zero. And can attack as though it didn't have Defender this turn. So it's kind of continuing along in that vein. Yeah. <laughs> We've also seen others, like, wasn't there a mono-red one? Yeah, Kiln Fiend. Kiln Fiend, yeah. yeah. Which was in... Zendikar Block. Yeah. Thank you. Other big things. 
and old is it? The Gen Illuminatus, of course, which gives your instant sorceries replicate. Yeah. He was the pre-release promo. He was. Mm-hmm. Hmm. We got two of him. Electrolyze has always been one of my favorite burn spells. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Apparently Brian's too. <laughs> I was yawning at the same time, but it is really good. And thankfully, people have seen it come around again in Modern Masters, so they know how good it is. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Uh, I got a, I've always had one or two copies of Mizium Trans, Relic- whatever. Trans Relic, Trans And I could, and they've made their way into and out of, you know, different decks over the years. And then when we went to Grand Prix Charlotte, my foil rare was, Another Mizium Transreliquat. And I was like, well, that's perfect for me because I needed another one, I guess. <laughs> sure. I mean, there's just. I was never a big fan of Nivix, the actual land, because it's it costs awful. four to activate and you have to have the top card of your library set up. It's basically like Melek, but you have to pay mana to activate it and you have no extra benefit except that you can play it. And it doesn't say play it for free. You have to play it. Right. So, yeah. yeah. It was bad. It was bad. Completely awful. Um, invoke the Fire Mind. Every time I put this card into a deck, I want it to be better than it is. For yeah. X and a two blue and a red, choose one, draw X cards, or invoke the Fire Mind deals X damage to target creature or player. It's not really an ideal Mind Spring. <laughs> Or fireball or blaze, so I'm always like, uh, it's I'm, I just never get a good. There's I never feel like I'm getting enough out of it. Do you keep? Do you feel like you keep looking back at it, um, trying to find where the entwine cost is printed? And yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Choose it's one or be both. Right under the flavor text. Damn it. <laughs> should say choose one or both. Probably choose both. Uh, I always liked Cerebral Vortex just because I thought it was kind of a, a cool card. For one and a blue and a red with awesome art. Instant. Target player draws two cards. Then it deal, then Cerebral Vortex deals damage to that player equal to the number of cards he or she has drawn this turn. Because it, it enables all sorts of strategies and you can make your opponents draw lots of cards and then kill somebody with it. Or you can always just take two to draw two cards during someone else's turn. Seems like so. this was in that bastard Owling Mind deck back in the day, wasn't it? Probably. Yeah, it probably was. I yeah. hated that deck so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's when hey. I first met, uh, what's his name, Kevin, who plays at uh, Top Deck now. Mm-hmm. The first time I met him was at the this crappy uh, little, well, not crappy, it was a little comic shop in, in Winston-Salem. And they played Magic there every once in a while, and I just happened to go for an event. Uh, it was a standard event, and I had some deck, whatever it was, and he sits down... And it was just like a little friendly thing, and he sits down with this tournament caliber Owling Mine deck and like crushes my face, and I'm like, you're a jerk. Kevin would play Owling Mine. Yeah, I mean now I love Kevin. Kevin's a cool guy, but I don't want to play Magic against him because he'll just beat <laughs> me. <laughs> That's usually what happens to me when I try to play Magic against Kevin. But that was that was the main experience I had with Cerebral Vortex. I had it in some deck because it fit perfectly, but now I don't remember what the deck was. But I remember I ended up. Digging around trying to get four copies of it from you guys. Hmm. That sounds about right. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, yeah. I'm just reaching now. There's really nothing yeah. in old is it yeah. that jumps out at me. The, the last card I wanted to talk about was just maybe the best is it card in limited for me, especially at common or uncommon. Steam Core Weird. Oh, Takes yes, yeah. Steam Core Weird all the time. For three colors and a blue, one three weird. When it enters the battlefield, if red was spent to play it, to cast it, it deals two damage to target creature or player. You'd be amazed how far that two damage will go. Yeah, a one three with a shock attached for four is a lot better than it sounds saying it that way. Yeah, yeah. Why it, is it, that? That's weird, because that sounds awful. <laughs> it, it's a little mini Flame Tongue Kabu, which... <laughs> And yes, Flame Tongue Kavu is a better card, but you know what? When are they going to reprint reprint Flame Tongue Kavu? Oh wait, they're never going to. Probably so, not. <laughs> yeah, so, when uh, we say creatures are just better now, we mean except for Flame Tongue Kavu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Flame Tongue Kavu came from some far future. <laughs> okay, hang on. For those that don't know, three and a red, right? Oh man, if yeah, anyone doesn't red, know this, I feel two. bad. He's a 4-2 for 4, which sounds okay, but when he enters the battlefield, he spits fire, or coughs up a fireball or something to deal 4 damage to target creature. 4. And it's wrong. So wrong. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, imagine playing Mizium Mortars, and then also getting a 4-2 creature, and you only had to pay 2 more. Like, on one card. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, it's so ridiculous that in Time Spiral, I think it was specifically Planar Chaos, although I don't really recall, they actually had to... The Nostalgia part of this card, uh, Fire Ma Kavu... Not, 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 I can't say that word, whatever. <laughs> nostalgia. Nostalgia. Australia, like, the, Aust- card, right? <laughs> the Australia part of this card, um, way down under, was they actually brought it back, but it was Fire Makavu, and honestly, it's not, it's nowhere, nowhere near as good. Didn't that have flash? Yeah, that had flashback. It dealt. So it, it didn't have. It had echo. It had echo. Echo. That's what I meant. It dealt two damage when it entered the battlefield, and when it left, it dealt. Was it six? Four. It was just four. It was six total. Okay. But you had to pay, it costs like six to play. It costs six, and I think the echo cost was four. That sounds right. I'll, I'll, fire maw. Cost five and a red for a four two. Same size body with an echo of five and a red. Oh, it's the same. Oh wow. Deals two damage to a creature when it enters the battlefield and four when it dies. Or when it leaves the battlefield. So. Yay, bouncing. Yeah, because I have them in my Chuck deck. I remember now. But, oh, that's, uh, it's, yes, you can get more out of it, but it costs a lot more for the same effect that you basically have to pay twice if you ever want to attack with it. Yeah. Okay, so enough of old is it, old is it's kind of lame. Yeah. Well, I'm looking, see, we covered so much of new is it already when we covered the overload spells. I'm looking through (laughs) it and I'm like, yep, 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 yep. I mean, Cyclonic Rift is such a blowout that, yeah. There's an Electromancer. Goblin Electromancer. We did not talk about him in in that. And he is a mainstay if you ever build an Izzet deck, whether it's new or old. He is a mainstay. A deck that plays instants and sorceries and has access to blue and red, or blue or red and can still splash, 
it probably wants to play Goblin Electromancer. That's how good it is. I still can't get over the fact that he's common. What the hell? Yeah. The hypersonic dragon is pretty good too because it's essentially um, an orrery. A quicken. Yeah, he he makes the sorceries have flash. Yeah. So he's he's an orrery with legs. That he's a, he's a he's a quicken since he only helps out your instants and sorceries, and that's exactly what quicken does. So if you take Teferi and cut him in half, and then cut him in another half, and then make him a dragon. <laughs> Yeah. A bigger dragon after all this cutting. Yeah. But uh, I wanted to bring up the Niv Magus Elemental, who is he he's the the centerpiece of like a crappy tier two uh modern modern legacy, maybe both deck. Both. Is he really? Yeah, because yeah. you oh. you play a bunch of free stuff and then cast a couple storm spells and then eat all the storm copies and destroy your opponent. I didn't know that, that deck actually did anything. Thing. Like I said, it's like tier two, maybe three. It's it's highly inconsistent. Yeah. I don't know who. I know Jerry tiers. Thompson played it somewhere, and I think Tom, maybe Community Cup, MCG Radio, Tom. Yeah. Uh, I think he wrote an article for Card Shark about it, if I remember correctly. I think so. And yeah, it's 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 wildly inconsistent, but when it works, it works, and you're like ah. And that hurt my throat. The the elemental was one of those cards that when it was spoiled, which you know since it was spoiled just um, less than a year or right around a no yeah yeah right around a year ago, everybody was like oh wow that's gonna be crazy and then as with most things it turned out to be just fine, uh, but it didn't break the world. Every now and then you know people were like oh this card's gonna break the world um, and nothing breaks. You remember how, um, what's the demon that everybody drops their hand every turn? Um, Siren Sanity. Yeah, that was going to like change all the formats forever, or at least standard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This Dude, sounds familiar. Have I mentioned like this on this? Weeks. Yeah, for, and, for a few weeks. And then, and then everybody, you know, every, what happened? Oh, she turned me into a newt. I got better. Oh. You know, everybody kind of course corrected. We made the mistake of believing the hype. Maybe it's poised for a comeback. A comeback, I say. Comeback, he <laughs> I'll said. I'll call it a comeback. All righty. Dang it, LL. Uh, I like Epic Experiment. I've actually played against a couple dedicated Epic Experiment decks, mostly one or two. And it's just such a fun card because it's a Genesis wave for sorceries and instants. That's all you need to know. <laughs> That's I always, awesome. I always really wanted to like uh, the Mercurial Chemister. And the I've heard, cannon. yeah, to do with the science cannon, uh, as we said back in previews. But I've heard that in limited, he's so completely broken that it's not fair. I've played against him limited. I, I think I, I think I won one game where they resolved this guy because they could not draw anything relevant ever with all the draw. And in every other time I've played against it in limited, I've lost. So he costs five for a two-three, and it's rare for obvious reasons. <gasps> Excuse me. You pay a blue and tap to draw two cards. That's sick. The fact that it doesn't have anything, just then discard a card or discard two cards or discard your hand. Yeah, just nothing. Just draw two cards and shut up and like it. And you can pay a red and tap and discard a card to deal damage to target creature equal to the discarded card's converted mana cost. So he loads up his science into his science cannon and shoots it. The only boom, six damage. <laughs> the only thing, the only thing holding him back 
is that you generally can't activate both abilities on the same turn without shenanigans. Yeah. So you can't load up the can, draw a card into something big, and then turn around and shoot at somebody else. You've got to time which activation you use for the right time, which can be trickier than it looks depending on the board situation. But generally, yeah, you shoot the things that are on the board, and then you draw cards and take over the game. Step three, <laughs> load your brother Hello. into the cannon. <laughs> find, find a new cousin. <laughs> but honestly, in both Ravnica's, is it has been like other than a few standouts, but in general, is it has been my least favorite guild as far uh, as yeah. the cards themselves. Like Blast of Genius sounds really cool, and it's got if you look carefully, you can see the uh, Niv Mizzet sock puppet in the back. <laughs> See, I don't know. I, I do agree with you when it comes to the, when, to the old is it, and I will also agree with you that there's not a whole lot that stands out to me, like really, really stands out to me in the new one. It doesn't have the watermark, so we didn't talk about Ral Zarek. Um, he is blue and red. Oh, wow, and, I forgot all about him. And in this set, he just doesn't have the watermark, so he's pretty awesome. Um, but I think... As far as this being the most disappointing in both, I don't know. Um, I don't know about disappointing. It's just after the fact, when I think of the guilds, is it is always the one that I'm like, oh, yeah, and is it? See, for me, it's all, at least in the new Ravnica block, for me, that's more Demir. But we'll get to that yeah, when we talk yeah. about Demir. But I will say, both times, it feels like Nivet has this really awesome potential and maybe because they're afraid of what it could do or 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 who knows all sorts of reasons it's just maybe the fact that creatures are so awesome now and they started that push around onslaught and mirrodin so by the time you got to ravnica a guild that focuses on instants and sorceries is already going to be a little behind everybody else unless you make those sorceries and instants Good, maybe good to the point where you're not comfortable with it. So yeah. the guild's in an awkward place. In in his most recent state of design column, which was just, um, I yeah. think it was just last week. Even I if meant it earlier this week. It, it was earlier this week, and I meant to talk about it because there's some predictions for Theros block. But yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Maybe you can pull it up real quick and hit those during your final thoughts. Um, but, uh, but Mark Rosewater says, you know, is it was one of the guilds in the original Ravnica block where he felt that that really missed it, especially in terms of the guild mechanic, Replicate. And they were trying to improve um, in Return to Ravnica. And he felt that they did improve, but he still wasn't 100% happy with the execution. So so even he recognizes that issue with the Izzy guild. Well, I think he's also come out several times before as he, he really identifies with the it They really... You know, they, they match a lot of his personality. So they seem always... to match what R&D does. Yeah. <laughs> so I wonder if without them being completely silly, if he's ever really, really gonna be happy with it, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if they just, if they just decided to go nuts and do their R&D thing with the Is It Guild, then it would probably just end up turning into the Time Spiral Block Guild, if that makes sense. Yeah. Just a bunch of disparate stuff, just totally complicated, all mashed together, and it's really difficult to see what's going on unless you're 
unless you're really intelligent or you already know a whole lot about magic. But that would fit the flavor of the guild perfectly. It would. Hmm. So is that it? So I think, let's see, basically new one yet again, right? Pretty pretty sure. So who? what's our score thus far? So uh, is it new wins? Uh, who did we do last? Uh, Rectos, Rectos new one, new one by like a landslide. I oh think. yeah. Uh, Golgari, I can't remember what we decided you for know, Golgari. I can't remember which way. That I don't. Went. I don't. Beca- there's a lot more to Golgari because there's the question of raw power. Yeah, I don't I remember what we came up with. Dredge. I do know Selesnia was a tie for the four things we're looking at, and we had to go to the individual, like the rest of the set, and the new one there. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think you're right. Hmm. We are bad at this. Yeah, I can't remember what happened with Golgari. Because all the Golgari stuff is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I think obviously it's a question of fun and very you know the way they implement the color pie now versus the if we're just going on raw power, well dredge and let's call it a day. Huh. Oh well, so send us an email dorks at themanapool dot com if we, you remember what we said about Golgari because <laughs> we're sort of forgetting to keep track. Send us an email about anything, really. Send us an email about anything, really. Yeah. We've been getting them um, a little more often recently, it seems. Most of just people saying, hey, guys, show's awesome, keep the good work, and we appreciate that. But uh, also, don't forget nice. to, you know, we're always open to answering uh, rules questions as well, and yeah. that might that might get even more um, important for you to have that help, you know, at, ahead of the set release, releasing it right after it releases. So we're if- always open for that. You and you don't have to wait for an answer from me because these other guys know it a lot better than a lot of other people you will meet just day to day. It's because we've been playing for so long. Yeah. I, I With, Mike. All, I With Mike. With Mike, yeah. <laughs> um, and if you ever ever have anything you want to hear about on the show and you've got an idea of what you want to hear about on the show, we will gladly pilfer it from you if you'll just be nice enough to send it our way. And we'll pass it along as our own, so... And if you'll be patient, be awesome. wait four months for it to show up. Exactly. Because <laughs> we don't actually... I don't, I don't think I've had an original idea since 1998. You did have that one uh, in... in oh, Was it 04? No, 03. You had that one original. I don't remember what it is now. <laughs> i got to be honest. I stole it from Dirk. Dang it, man. <laughs> hmm. Oh, well. So, I guess we should go into final thoughts now. But finishing that up, yes. Anything you want to email us about, feel free. You know, show ideas, uh, shameless praise. Uh, you want to send us free stuff. You want us to send you free stuff. We're probably not gonna, because I'm bad at that. Um, <laughs> we have stuff. We're, we just never remember to send it. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, rules questions, any sort of questions. The thing that trips me out though is people that still want to ask us, "Hey, this is what I'm playing in standard. What do you think?" And we're like, "I don't know. It looks good." We still, get, we still get those questions. I'm not knocking anyone that's ever sent it to us. That's fine. Just know. Yeah, just, just understand. Yeah. Yeah, that's not our specialty. The advice is worth exactly what you're paying for it, minus five dollars. <laughs> oh. And and in most cases, our our answer is going to be much better than. Hell yeah, man! Looks great. <laughs> Tell us how you do, so we can totally recommend this deck to everybody else. I don't know. We have gotten a little bit better about that since Mike is uh, playing more standard lately, and since yep. I've taken over Monday Night Magic, I, I have a vague idea of what's going on. That's going to drop off the second the format rotates. 
I'll be I'll be back uh, at the apartment Friday nights. <laughs> hey, maybe we can start hanging out on Friday nights again. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, now let's move into final thoughts. Uh, Mike. Final thoughts, Mike. Um, this was something I noticed earlier. We were looking at the article that had the uh, intro packs in it. You know, uh, up at the top. I don't know if you guys still have it open. Uh, up at the top, he shows off the packaging for booster packs and other things and stuff like that. And the first one is um, Thassa, the 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 blue the blue uh, major deity. And and he says, you know, first up is Thassa looking mighty fine with her bident, but the bident isn't even in frame. That's her weapon. It's like a trident except it only has two prongs. It isn't even in frame. You wouldn't even know that the staff part of it is a Biden unless you already knew what you're looking at. So I think he was just using that as an excuse to show off the celestial merfolk hooters. <laughs> I, I, I thought that it was not in the picture. And I thought that was kind of funny. I didn't, I wasn't drawn to any particular aspect of her physiology. Yeah. Uh, now my throat hurts again. Damn it, Mike. <laughs> so that's my thought. So Scavin's just shamelessly showing off the Merfolk Hooters. I think it was Trick. I thought it was Trick. Never mind, that's Trick. Let's blame Gavin, too. Trick and Gavin. Gavin. Rosewater is to blame for everything. Damn it, Rosewater. Aaron Forsyth, with your bestow ruling and your being on the Community (laughs) Cup. No, no, no. no. Aaron Forsyth is right there, and if you just look around the corner, Mark Rosewater's there with a big old Aaron Forsyth sock puppet. Uh, except Rosewater's not that good at magic, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. So Dirk, what you got? Um, well, mine's kind of a twofold. First one is, so, kids, um, back in school, we had our first, uh, this is our first week of, uh, classes back, and I already feel like I'm spread thin <laughs> as it is, huh. between church, between, um, School, I'm trying to do more technology stuff, so I'm up, so I'm making sure I'm sort of a, running a day ahead, and in doing so, I, I come home exhausted, then I have family, and then somehow in the evenings, when I'm not doing the podcast, I'm usually have my head buried in a book, trying to get ready for my prospectus for my, my master's class. Wow. So, <laughs> I feel very washed. You don't feel like right butter sc- scraped over too much bread, do you? Because they yeah. don't have to search you for the one ring, and that's if a problem. You, if you, you know, uh, if I had the one ring, then, you know, a lot of my problems would probably be done with. Just be a ring have, race, just call goods. You have very different <laughs> problems, I think. Yeah. The uh, the second thought is that I was I was going through the, the Theros guide and everything, something I did not realize, which you guys probably did and talked about it. Is the, the Nyx that all of the gods show off the Nyx. So that's the stars. So be, they're all originated from the, the Nyx in some way. So all of the gods have stars on them and all their weapons and all the enchantments that they create are supposed to have it. So in all the arts, they all have stars in them. All their weapons have stars. And supposedly all the enchantments they create are supposed to also have stars in them somewhere. Yeah, I, I, I noticed that um, the enchantment guy from the intro pack had that celestial frame. Do you do you want to know the formal answer of why that is? Having having read the the articles, 
they, it's because the gods are the ones that are creating it, and they're, they're, the gods come from the Nyx itself. That's right, that's right. The Nyx so, is, the Nyx is, is the domain of the gods. It's kind of like this other, I would say plane, but in magic that has a very specific meaning, but it's almost this other dimension, and it is kind of like, that they have night and day, um, in, in Theros, it's not like, Morning tie. It's not like Shadowmore and Lorwyn, where you know at night everything turns evil. It's not like that. But basically, the land of night is the land where the uh, the gods originate from, and that's why you see the stars kind of coming through. And uh, Heliod, the god of the sun, is supposed to be so prideful that his son blocks out the humans' access to Nyx to see Nyx and to see the stars and those sorts of things. Uh, the enchantments are seen as blessings of the god, so they see every enchantment comes from a god. So they, they have that with them. It's interesting, reading the article today, they make a very clear distinction. Nyx is not the Aether, because there's a whole subset of people in that first um, city, the, the one that's more blue-white, there's a whole subset of mages that study the Aether and summoning and, and how to pull people from one place or, or people or, or, or things from one place to another. So it makes a very clear distinction between Nyx and the Aether. So I thought that was interesting. And then one other thing is that we had talked about that there, one of the cities is Greece or, uh, Athens, the other one's Sparta. And I was trying to figure out if there was an equivalent to it. And the best I can come up with is, it's the, where the, the Amazons come from. Because the Amazons, I know the Amazon, you know, the Amazon rainforest, which is forests, but because they come from, I was trying to find the place. Oh, was brain I is keep... saying Themyscira, but no, that's where Wonder Woman's Amazons come from. I'm just thinking of Amazon. <laughs> I'm just thinking of Amazon.com. Like, oh, that's know, yeah, Amazon.com. Because <laughs> that's a foresty place that they come from, right? Was it somewhere in North in North Africa, or was it somewhere else in Europe, or one of the? Well, islands? I was trying to find that, and uh, it was one of the labors of Hercules. He had to go check them out. He had to wrestle yeah. their queen. It was a Hippolyta. Hippolyta. Yeah, he had to steal a girdle. <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> and after the girdle came off, he was like, damn, she fat. And it was bad. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I've been trying to look through and see, like the, like some of the art represents that they, that they live in a foresty area, but there's nothing in the sources that, I, that I'm quickly running through and everything that references that they come from a foresty area. But that's the closest I can come up with. I mean, it, it could just be a, you know, the, you, you have a place that the generic barbarians or whatever. Yeah. Well, I, I think that you, you obviously have to you have a place of, of knowledge that fits in the blue and white category. You have to have a place that fits into the red category. And then you have to have a place where, where green fits in. And so you have to come up with a place that does that. So it actually fits more with like, uh, uh, Lithlorian or something like that from more of like a Tolkien background. Mm. So. Um, I didn't, I didn't want to go into all this before just because I didn't want to completely hijack, uh, where we were, what we were talking about earlier and we had a lot more to talk about. But in this, in the Planeswalker's Guide, it did say for that last city, which I don't have up anymore, uh, that actually it, it is a, a city, uh, that is just about all women and children. 
the women, as they grow up, the children are seen to be a blessing by the goddess. They, the children are special, um, and, and that this city is especially known for taking in orphans from other, from other places. Um, the men are encouraged to go ahead and find themselves out in the greater world while the women basically run the city and, uh, are the heroes like the, the legendary one that's in the green pack. Um, and so it's very female driven. So that kind of ties into a little bit about what you're talking about with, uh, the Amazon. The Amazon. Yeah. 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 So I, I cannot find where the Amazons lived. Anywhere in, uh, like Wikipedia and various, uh, they're just the land of the Amazons. Like, thanks. Yeah. If I will say. Well, that might have been what it was. That might have been exactly how it was attested in the original sources. The land of the Amazons. Probably. I will say to the, to the listeners, uh, that if you're enjoying this conversation, you should definitely, if you haven't already checked out these planeswalker guides, you should. Because if you've got a couple minutes to just sit down and digest it, uh, they're great, and this is just what the flavor creative department does: is put these together. And the one on the uh, deities was very, very ooh, um, ooh, ooh! I found good. it in the Encyclopedia Mythica on Pantheon.org. It says the Amazons were an all-female race, and is believed that they lived in the mysterious lands in the north. Their capital, Temescaira, huh, lay on the slopes of the Caucasus. <laughs> So thank you, DC Comics, for maybe possibly being a little accurate, a little bit. Okay, I'm sorry. Is that a pre-crisis? I hate you so many times. <laughs> so many times. And see, the funny thing is, and the thing that he really hates about that is, because I don't really know comics, I'm just <laughs> yeah, throwing that what, word out. Uh, question that is. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out because I know it's going to make him mad. <laughs> what a, is it bad, just backtracking real quick, that I never noticed the celestial... Frame on the Celestial Archon. I was so busy reading the freaking text box. Well, there's there's a lot to see inside the frame, so <laughs> not surprised. Like he's riding a ram, so an ox, ox ram, ram. ox ox, ox ox. <laughs> ba ba black sheep. Have you any ox? Okay, so goat is this? <laughs> goat napper to the rescue. <laughs> Okay, so who, what, who's That's next? Me. Who's left? Uh, What's it's, going it's, on? If Dirk is done, then it's yeah, I'm done. It just felt like fine because I was talking so much. I got two. First, I'm going to just, he, uh, Mark Rosewater mentioned these teasers from Theros. Let's just go through these real quick. Um, some things you can expect from Theros. A 3-3 three, three with three abilities that uses fate counters. Okay, whatever. Uh, multiple cards with the word non-gorgon. Might be like, you know, destroy target non-Gorgon creature. Um, a high profile cycle of legendary permanents that are not creatures or lands. Uh, probably enchantments. Maybe not the gods, maybe something else. Monkeys. Or maybe it'll be artifacts, like the web, each major deity is associated with a weapon, so it might be their weapons. Uh, a rare card with five words of text. In which one of the words is Planeswalker. Now, I brought this up on Monday Night Magic. They already did that card. It's called Dreadbore. So this one will be a different one. So I'm thinking, my thought was this one will be Destroy Target Enchantment or Planeswalker. That's, that's my thought. What do you that, think? That could be it. Um, Thoughts? Curious to see, curious to see where they would cost that at because Demystify costs either a white 
or less than a white, like a white and something else, and with other ability. Whereas destroy a planeswalker costs in white. I, I uh, maybe it'll be exile target enchantment or planeswalker. Ooh. Turn that, target planeswalker to its. See my my <laughs> my, uh, my guess is going to be destroy all creatures. Um, and planeswalkers. Plane <laughs> yeah. Sure. See, I was, I was going to try and mess that up, like destroy <laughs> all the planes creature planeswalker, but that actually destroy all creatures and planeswalkers actually fits. So, mm. uh, an artifact creature that appears to be a big horse made out of wood. Oh, uh, yeah. yay, Trojan horse. Maybe, uh, you can sack it to put. got to do with anything. Maybe you can sack it to put like X. Crafts? X one one soldier tokens onto the battlefield on your opponent's side, and then they attack them. Uh, a well, five- maybe it'll be like the um, Fidelian War Machine. There is a song <laughs> on the radio that talks about it's like I've got Trojans in my head, and that drives me crazy because the Trojans don't sneak in anywhere. It's kind of like the uh, the misinterpretation of the Trojan virus. The Trojans don't sneak anywhere; they were invaded. Uh, anyway, anyway, a 5-5, five, five, right. a 5-5 five, five giant snake that can be cast for two green. Sure, it's either going to have a drawback, which they don't do anymore, or it's going to have something like, you know, cast this spell only on turn five or six or something, some other restriction. But they don't do drawbacks anymore, so it's not that. Maybe it's a ninja, a ninja snake. This is uh, really quick. <laughs> a multicolored minotaur lord, yep. A card that could have been in Modern Masters, which means it's a reprint, and a good one, like Damnation. A giant... Whoa. I, what? I didn't think it was really... You do... I don't know. Damnation is a little too... Mm, How sweet would that freaking be? That would... mm. I'm tired of hearing people say Thoughtseize, especially when Thoughtseize doesn't necessarily have anything to do with what's going on here. So I'm like, what else is in... Could have been in Modern Masters that wasn't. Oh, Damnation. Yeah, that's cool, because, you know, Wrath of God. That's my new favorite thing ever, is the possibility of Damnation. (laughs) All right. Uh, A giant that brings fire to humans, a.k.a. Prometheus. I'm not sure how that's going to be represented in a card, but here, have some fire. Sorry I burned down your village. (laughs) Have some fire. (laughs) No, no, it would be sorry I stole all your gold. Here, have some fire. <laughs> uh, and finally, and I we won't go through all this other stuff they got here. Finally, a creature with a saboteur ability, which is one of the power nine. Dude. Time twister. Mox jet. Or or no, Ruby. Mox Ruby, damn it. Or Black Lotus. I don't know. It's time twister. It can't it can't be brainstorm unless it you know, costs like seven to play and has anti haste. Um, recall, not brainstorm. Not brainstorm. Uh, ancestral recall. Oh, okay. Um, brainstorm is that good that yes, I can confuse the two. Uh, <laughs> and it can't be, um, time walk. They had that on Wanderwine Prophets, which is a 4 4 merfolk that had champions. They already had to have a merfolk out. And it had to connect with an opponent, and you had to then sacrifice a, a, a merfolk. So, I mean, I guess you could say that's the same thing, but... So it'll be Time Twister. 
my other final thought, I have been meaning to bring this up because it's been weeks and there's always been something else to talk about or I've been too tired and forgotten. Sheldon Minery, the godfather of EDH and Commander, who I have a lot of respect for, every time there's a new set, he puts out a list of cards that he feel from the whole list of cards on the new set and he sorts them into categories like will definitely not get played, might get played, will see some play, or will be like played all the time forever. And for some of the first categories, he doesn't really give an explanation for that. So it'll be some, and you look on there and you're like, okay, demystify, you know, that makes a lot of sense. So I was just scanning his list this time for M14 and Pyromancer's Gauntlets was on, will definitely not get played. And I'm like, um, I feel like that could have a lot of application, especially if you want to try and make a burn deck work. But I understand it, you know, it may not, it, it it's not in the, will definitely get played, but it wasn't in, it, it was in the definitely will not get played, just lumped in there with, like, well, demystify. And I'm like, Okay. And then I'm going down later and he's got things listed and like, we'll, uh, we'll definitely get played. And it's something silly. I can't even remember what it was because it's been so long. And it's something, and he's even like, you know, yeah, it's not great, but I want to mention that it's a reprint with awesome new art. And I'm like, so you're going to take two seconds to mention that, but you're not going to tell me about why this one thing will definitely not get played. I just, I'm okay. It's his, it, the whole thing is his opinion. That just really made me wonder. I was just like, okay, that's just confusing. Okay, that's it. All right. We can all turn off now. We're, I'm done. So who, oh, me. I, why am I always assuming that there's another person before me? Have you notice I do that every episode. Yeah. Weird. Okay, so I, do I have anything? I don't know. I've been watching a lot of Frasier. Is that bad? Got it all. Okay, good. But, yep, I think that we've gone on long enough. So, I have no final thought other than I've been watching a lot of Fraser. So, contact information. You can send us an email about anything, dorks at themanapool.com. You can follow us, mostly me, on Twitter, at themanapool. Uh, the Facebook page is there, facebook.com slash themanapool. All the stuff is in the show notes. Uh, hit themanapool.com to check out all of the stuff that we used to do back in the day when we all had time. And I think... Is that everything? Oh, and the forums, for God's sake, go to the forums. Our forums are awesome. And it's a, uh, it's official spoilers only. Which, invariably, we always end up having to enforce that about once every spoiler season. Yeah, usually exactly once. Yeah. And, uh, that's not because of any high and mighty thing. It's just that there are a gazillion places on the internet for all of the stuff on Salvation and Mythic Spoiler and all that to be discussed. But if you just want to discuss what's been officially spoiled by Wizard, there's nowhere to do that, really. So we are a safe haven for the people who want the uh, preview experience the way that Wizards crafts it. And if we remove one of your cards because you can't give us, like something that you posted there because you can't give us a official source, don't take it personally. That's just how we do it. Yeah. Like Mike said, we tend to do it exactly once per spoiler season. <laughs> and everyone's like, all right, whoops, my bad, and we move on and everyone's happy, but yeah. Yeah. That's at cardshark.freeforums.org. Go shop at Cardshark, for God's sake. And send me an article to Cardshark. It's submissions at cardshark.com. Send, send me that. Write me something. Hurry up. Hurry up. Yeah, that's enough. 
So, I guess we are done now, so let's listen to some Diamond by Swift as we, well, as you go to the next thing you're going to listen to, I guess. So, this has been episode 292 of The Mana Pool. Thank you all very much for listening, and uh, go play some magic.